This is Ethan Embry, and you're listening to The Horror Returns. Greetings, victims. For those of you who delight in dread, who fantasize about fear, who glorify gore, welcome. You have found the place where the horror returns. Listeners beware, this podcast contains major plot spoilers and the foulest of language. Join us in celebrating the old and the new, the best and the worst in horror. Welcome back, everyone, to The Horror Returns. I'm Lance, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Philip, Kevin, Brian, and from the land down under, tonight, we've got the Super Network in the house, Marcy and Bede. What's going on, guys? Yo, yo. Yo. We're back. Well, together this time. <laughs> yes, I'm, I actually made it, and uh, Bede almost didn't make it, which is ironic. All right. Indeed. The... <laughs> Go ahead, man. Uh, I was going to say, like, I literally just like woke up about half an hour before the show and my alarm did not go off. So if I sound slightly croaky, that's why. Um... <laughs> slightly yeah, be slightly like, croaky? What? 10 in the morning yes. over there, right? It is, yeah. but I thought I set my alarm. It clearly did not go off, and my body clock decided to, like, sleep in today, which is usually unusual. But, yeah, so – but I'm here now, so. <laughs> well, we're, dude, we're glad you're here, man. A uh, big part of this show was was for you, so we, we, we didn't want to start without you for sure. All right. Um, we're going to go into Cool of the Week, but before we do that, um, I know you guys had a Stephen King book review recently, uh, Marcy, you and Stephen. Yes. What, what else do you guys have coming up right now? Um, In terms of Stephen King or... The entire Super Network, come on. Oh, of course. Well... Put uh, it all out uh, there. Yeah, this coming week we have uh, Trances 2 on the To Be Tuesdays podcast. Okay which um, I still don't know what was happening in that film, but uh, us on the Tubi Tuesdays love Full Moon and we love yes. watching um, Tim films in a series that okay. are not the first one. So it, it, it makes sense. Um, that, that, that was Tim Thomerson, right? The guy yes. That the doll yes. man? Okay. Yes, the awesome doll man, which was one of our earlier episodes. And uh, this coming, I guess it's thir- Thursday nights is when they release it over there and Friday mornings for us. Uh, we have the next episode of the Osploit cast. And we actually, I mean, every episode we cover five films, but this week uh, coming up, we actually uh, finally have arrived at one of the biggest known Osploitation films with Mad Max. So... A oh, very wow. cool episode. Cool. Indeed, indeed. And uh, just a slight bit of a minor spoiler. One of us, because there's three of us on the episode, was not a fan of the movie, but we're going to let you all guess and try to figure out who that may be. <laughs> you have say to that was so big it almost doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to believe. But you'll have to understand. Definitely, definitely. 
Th- this right. was the, the first one? Yes. Yeah, the first one. Because if it was the, the last one, I, I'd, I'd let that slide, but... <laughs> I, don't know. I, I grew. I grew up. I with liked the first all of them. One. I liked uh, as long them. as we all love Thunderdome. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah, dude. There's not a Bad Max I don't love. Speaking of Thunderdome, over here in America, <clears throat> I'm, I don't know if they're having it this year, but they have a, that Burning Man. I'm sure you guys have heard of it. It's a big, huge, mm. drunk, drug fest, run around naked in the desert. Um, my buddy goes all the time. And they build a Thunderdome, and they have fights in it. What? They really have fights in it? Yeah. Well, it's just to play around, but it, it's built. There's, it's a Thunderdome. He, he he sent me a video one time, dude. It was crazy. I was like, oh, man, I would definitely go in that thing. <laughs> do the but whole... Did they get Tina Turner or a Tina Turner impersonator? Oh, I, I don't know, but there was fantastic. a big buff guy with a saxophone. So. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> did they uh, do the whole bust the, bust the deal, pay, uh, spin the wheel thing? I have, I, just, I, just saw him, I just saw him fighting, so I don't know <laughs> what, what was going on in that. I've never been. i just seen videos. I don't feel like being out in the dirt for a week. So yeah. if I'm going to be somewhere in the week, I'll be in San Diego at Comic-Con. And fingers crossed <laughs> that I go. So well, we'll see. Be a good year. Is Mini Me still alive? I would like pay to have him go. Oh yeah. I think he passed. He, he passed yeah, away. He did, yeah. Ah, uh, damn it. <laughs> I, I I met him too at a convention, which is even funnier. Yeah. All that right. give him drugs. Well, there's photo evidence of me out there with him. So if yeah, anyone wants to find us on my face. Yeah, but who's taller, me or Van Troyer? Well, obviously for um, Troy. Mm. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we'll we'll keep the show moving. We have a lot to cover. So, uh, cool of the week. Um, Bead, since you just got here, putting on your, your pants at the last minute and getting over your drug addiction and coming up with all these uh, instruments for mutant women that you've got that you're grabbing out of the museum case. Uh, what's your cool of the week? Wait, wait. You guys are wearing pants? Okay, Wait, I mean, this is Pantless Sunday here on uh, on the Horror Returns, uh, or at least for me, anyway. Anyways, um, I've done quite a lot this week, uh, but I guess in terms of <clears throat> my calls of the week, uh, yesterday I decided I was going to restock my Blu-ray cabinets because I have like 200-odd Blu-rays that I needed to put in my shelves. Uh, I never even got to the shelving part. No, Nez, don't do it. Better. But do you have this? I have to... Jesus fucking Ooh. Christ! You with that movie, man? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <laughs> that movie. How can we ever forget? But um, <laughs> but yeah. So I didn't even get to the shelving part because I was basically like taking all the shrink wrap off everything, and that took about seven hours to do. Um, but in the meantime, though, well, well I figured I, I need to watch something like while I'm doing this. So something, nothing too major, something I can put in the background. So I finally put on uh, the documentary uh, In Search of Darkness Part 2. Oh. Which, of course, is the documentary, the follow-up documentary of, uh, of the other film of the same name that goes into 80s horror. So they go into a lot more other films that they didn't cover on the previous doco. Like they go more into Italian horror. They even go into Australian horror and also come a lot more sort of undiscovered gems that were released in that period. And that entire doco is about 
four and a half hours long. Mm-hmm. So I watched it on the one city as I was doing all my shelving. <laughs> and uh, it was a really fun and, 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 and entertaining watch. Uh, and also during the week, I watched another horror doco, uh, which was uh, Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched, which is the documentary on um, mm. folk horror. That's, that's a long uh, one too. Mm. Yeah, that was about three and a half hours long. And I watched that entirely of one sitting one night, and but that was a really interesting one. But I would have mm. to say my cool of the week is a film that we're going to be talking about an actress who's in this later on in the show, and that, of course, is um, the film The Night House starring Rebecca Hall. Oh, okay. Which I actually really dug a lot. Like, it's a really interesting and unique spin on the Haunted House film. And has deals with its own kind of unique sort of spin on grief. Mm-hmm. And also Rebecca Hall in it is just absolutely fantastic. And she just gives such an amazing performance in it. Like it's a really good follow-up for David Bruckner, who did uh The Ritual like a few years back. And I think he did a really good job with this one. And it's an interesting and unique uh spin on the on the ghost film genre. So it's definitely one I think everyone should check out if they haven't seen it. That's nice. the one where they have like relationship issues and stuff, right? Well, he's. I think so because the husband. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because the husband's. Yeah, the husband committed suicide at the beginning, and then of course, oh. as the film goes on, you find out revelations of why Ooh. that is. Oh, okay. And it's actually. Different. Yeah, because it's an interesting like. Uh, yeah, it goes into some interesting places I was not expecting for a film of this type. And somebody actually made an interesting point, like what would make a good double feature with this. Uh, uh, even though they're two completely different films, but they do deal with certain little similarities between them is uh, the Lee Warnell Invisible Man. Ah, okay. So what, as a double that. feature with those two. So uh, mm. definitely check out both those films out. But I do definitely recommend The Night House. That would definitely be mm. my call of the week for sure. All right. Yeah, Phil, Phil, I think it's on HBO Max. Yeah, yeah I've is. scrolled past it a couple times, and I think I thought it was something else. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll check this one out. She was pretty yeah. good in well, it, Rebecca. Yeah, and yeah, well, I guess uh, anyone else who, does, if it's not on uh, HBO Max, uh, if you're in Australia, it's on Disney Plus, so people can watch oh, it God. there. <laughs> Everything's on Disney Plus over there, right? It <laughs> is actually. <laughs> pretty much. All I right, think Freddie got secret, Disney one. owns Freddy. everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I think even uh, Freddie Got Fingered is on uh, Disney oh, God. Plus here as no. well. <laughs> All right, now we're talking That about I could not finish. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't right. blame you, but anyways. Marcy, what's your cool? Yeah, um, look, my cool, cools of the week, uh, the season three finale of The Boys, which was oh. wow. Um, the entire season was fantastic. I'm not going to spoil it, but right. yeah, if you haven't seen the boys at all, like binge seat for three seasons because it's so good. Um, yeah, I gotta yeah, that one. Yeah, so good. Um, you, you definitely do, Philip. You you would fucking yeah. love it, dude. Because well, I've seen like season it's got one, you written all over it, and like a couple of episodes of season season two, I think, and then I just kind of fell off of it. No, you have to just get there it's so good it's such a great show and i finally uh binged watched season one of peacemaker which i fe- i just mm. thought was incredible nice. Nice. absolutely loved it um i do want a sidekick eagle 
So <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to manage that, seeing as we don't have bald eagles in this country, but uh, yeah. I'll work it out. And uh, my final call of the week, which is kind of, <laughs> I don't know, I think it's kind of lame, but whatever. Um I recently started streaming myself gaming on Twitch with like older games and nice. I decided I was going to conquer uh, the MS-DOS game Commander Keen number four. And uh, I've never been able to do it as a kid. I couldn't finish the game, but right. after two trips on two different Twitch streams, I completed the game and I felt so just complete in life so very happy <laughs> that, that is a definite you're talking about super old school games ms dos <laughs> ms dos i'm gonna knock my cool out of the week quick it's the boys episode one of season three because that's all that i've that i've gotten to but <laughs> philip that this show's got you written all over it trust me you love peacemaker yeah. right oh yeah i love peacemaker oh, yeah. it's just peacemaker yeah. on on acid all right all right. Yeah, next. I'll have to I'll have to catch up with it. <laughs> Who's next? Uh, well, I'll go. I've been talking. Uh, I I just watched uh Thor: Love and Thunder, and uh, yeah. so that's that's definitely gonna be my cool of the week. It's not as good as Ragnarok. Um, the the jokes maybe aren't quite as funny, uh, okay. and there's a lot of them. They mm. they play up the comic angle. As a matter of fact, mm. at the beginning of the movie, I mean, you know, I'm not gonna spoil anything, but at the beginning of the movie, uh, Chris Hemsworth was almost like the Chris Hemsworth from Ghostbusters. Oh, no. Bumping, <laughs> so, huh? Fucking stupid, man. <laughs> but then they sort of weed all that out, and uh, it, it's 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 still a really good time. Feel good movie, man. I like it. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And I, 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 look, I know it's stupid, and this isn't really a spoiler, but those goats every time made me laugh so hard. Uh, that, that's in the trailer. That's in the trailer. Scene. I know. It was a stupid uh, joke, and they just kept running with it. And I I kind of appreciate that they that they, that they they took it as far as they did. Because they yeah. could have done it once and just left it alone, and it would have been great. But it was yeah. like the Peter Griffin rolling on the floor thing. Yeah. <laughs> it just keeps going until it's funny again. And, and I think exactly. special props to Russell Crowe's accent with whatever the hell he was doing. Yes. That was bloody hilarious. <laughs> that was he was kind I don't know of what awesome. type of Greek act. I don't know what type of Greek accent he was going for with that. I appreciate it because it was just so hilariously over the top. Yeah. <laughs> Did he just lose his... Uh... What was his name in Gladiator? Um, Maximus. Oh, Maximus. Did he, oh, did he right. just lose that body? Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he's not getting that no. back. That was, that was 20, 30 years ago. <laughs> he was big and unhinged in that, um, that one movie when he was, uh, his son was gay. And he oh, uh, Boy Erased. Yeah. I mean, he was, I was oh, like, damn, what man. happened to him? He got Sounds all big. Familiar. Well, yeah. yeah a good, then, a good I, think, I think he's that, just happy being a big man. Yeah, <laughs> he, he was having the best time playing weight. Zeus with that ridiculous <laughs> right. accent. It was it was non angry Russell Crowe, which is nice to see every that's once in a while. Rare, yeah, that's rare. He's he was he was very point. much into the orgies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was. Right, <laughs> <laughs> <But> he is. <laughs> All right, we're we're, mo- we're moving on from that. Nez, you want to go next because uh, Brian uh, always saves his Amityville update for us. I finally finished, or I finally sat down and watched uh, Stranger Things. 
I didn't know they split it in half. I just, it was done, so I went through. Uh, I didn't know much about it. It was, did, did everyone see it? No, not the, the not the finale. I've seen uh, uh, episode eight, but or I've seen the second to last, the penultimate. Uh, it was just Poltergeist, Dream Warriors ripoff, but I mean, it was still good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I loved it. Right. Um, but yeah, it it was good. It was a good season. I, I really loved the last season when they were in the mall and all that. But this season, they just took it up another notch with all the. It was a little more gory and bloody and everything. So I thought that was really sweet. Um, I like the new characters that they brought in. Uh, I thought that was good. I thought this was it. I had no idea that they were going to do a season five. So uh, that that was a good uh, good ending for what's to come. It's it's already out there. Everybody already knows. So. But uh, overall, the whole scene, though, that was awesome. That was awesome. But if for those of you that don't know, Master Puppets actually came out like maybe two weeks before. Oh, and really? Leave it, leave it to Nez, right? He, he, Nez. Eddie was awesome. He, he was just was no like, internet. On the guitar. The no internet. <laughs> there was no internet, no tablatures, anything. Wasn't even in uh, the, the guitar magazines yet. But for so him to no sit, way, no way he would have known, huh? I don't. If he just had a really good ear for music, there is Maybe guitar players out there that could that can do that. But I didn't know there was electricity in the upside down. But uh, I, I don't know. But um, it doesn't matter at that point. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. I really love that uh, Robert Trujillo's son was. Uh, he played Eddie when the camera zoomed in when he was doing the solo. That was Robert Trujillo's uh, son, the bass player from Metallica. So nice. I thought that I thought that was pretty sweet. But overall, the whole series, the whole season was amazing. I, I definitely want to watch it again. Uh, I know Vans put out uh, some, a limited series of uh, Stranger Things Vans, and I want the slip-on ones that um, have the Hellfire uh, stuff on it. So I want to get those. But the last thing, I got this when I was at Texas Frightmare, and then uh, I was in the mood to watch it. And the um, the Arrow version of American Werewolf in London. Oh, see. Oh, wow. Nice. This is the it's the 4K one. It it's got the the 4K film and a, a booklet and a poster and I, mm. I can't. But I didn't know it was 4K only. I usually the 4Ks that I buy have a, a Blu-ray in it. This is just 4K. So I was like, son of a, I don't have a 4K player. So but seriously. No, I don't have one I yet. If anybody would keep, <laughs> like keep, a, keep those Patreon dollars coming, folks. They're like a billion dollars. E-Society. E-Society. <laughs> yeah, we need to start one of those. But um, this really cool. I mean, I love this movie. I ended up watching it on Hulu or whatever it was uh, last night. But um, I am a huge Arrow collector, so I kind of buy whatever. Uh, not all of it that comes out, but uh, the ones that I love. And I thought this was really cool packaging and everything. I was just bummed that there was no Blu-ray in it. But guess it kicked me in the butt to get a 4k player but yeah yeah stranger things and this um little unboxing i did for american wealth in london but cool all right bring us home brian did he freeze uh, you're muted bro <laughs> oh yeah yep there we go nope oh. now it's muted again Now he's unmuted. Am I unmuted now? Yes. Okay, cool. (laughs) Well, I didn't watch anything new. 
I just did a <laughs> bunch of rewatches. That's good. Uh, me and my daughter rewatched uh, the new Scream, and she was That's actually pointing new stuff out that I didn't catch, like that that uh, one guy that got killed, uh, the kind of older bully guy, Vince or whatever. That's right. uh, Stu's nephew. No shit. But, I had yeah. no idea the the guy that uh, that got it with his own car. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I had no idea. Yeah, she's pointing out like little stuff that that I didn't catch. Fucking and, hey, dude, that's yeah. awesome. I, I watched it with the grandkids this week, Brian. Yeah, I saw that, and yeah. uh, I figured since she liked Scream, I was telling her about the people that directed it. Direct another one of our favorites on the show is uh, Ready or Not. So showed her Ready or Not. She enjoyed it. Yeah, great movie. And we're we're gonna get to uh, Stranger Things next because I got shamed because. Yeah. She thought I'd seen it by now, but I haven't watched anything, and she's already seen the season twice. So, oh yeah. <laughs> but that's it. So, what do you think? Scream, Scream Five, then, or yeah, Scream the, Five, the Scream Twenty Twenty Two, whatever they call it. Right. All right. All right. Well, that's cool of the week, uh, Brian. You got any got any headlines for us this week? Yeah, I thought we'd start with. Did I even put it down? Uh, I didn't put down the date that it's coming out, but a movie that we've all talked about on here. Some of us like it, some of us don't. It's getting a Blu-ray release. And that's George Romero's Amusement. Whatever, whatever <laughs> the card's called. Seriously? Why? Why bother? Blu-ray's going to kill it, man. i never seen it yet, because. so... <laughs> oh, Jesus, dude. You're not missing a fucking thing, It's like man. 20 Come minutes on. long. I have, What is it on? Or do I got a shutter? thing or something. It's a shutter have, release. Have you seen it, Bede? I don't uh, know if you want to hear Bede's uh, thoughts. What's Lance? it called? The Amusement Park. The Amusement Park. Park. He thought yeah. it was genius. Well, I'll say this about The Amusement Park. It was one of my number, it was my number one horror film from last year and oh, also yeah. in my top <laughs> ten of last year, Jesus too. Right. Okay. What about you, Marcy? It's a commercial. <laughs> um, I thought it was okay. Like I, I, I understood like where it was, what it was, what the point was. And mm. it's, I think it was a little maybe too on the nose. But I'm like, I kind of uh, applaud Romero for like, um, you know, this church or whatever gave, you know, funded this thing, and he's like, yeah, fuck that, I'm making my own shit. <laughs> Jesus. It was an artsy so, public service announcement. Yeah, basically. <laughs> was, that, uh, B, B, was that the first thing he ever did, or um, what's the story? Um, no, I think he did it, like, at least just before. I'm trying to think, like, of the timeline of that movie, because I think he might have made it sometime after Night of the Living Dead. But I'm not sure if it was, like, uh, I'll have to look it up, because I'm kind of curious now um, when he actually made that film. But I know it was, like, one of his very early works but i know for a fact that like i don't know if this is going to be on the blu-ray or not but i know uh the the george a romero like people like the people who are actually working on like doing restorations on all his early work like mm-hmm. like not in terms of like his feature films but a lot of his short films documentaries and i think i've heard rumors that there might be those might be coming out on Blu-ray very soon. I don't know if it'll be part of this Blu-ray or it'll be be part of like its own little box set. 
and that. So I'm not exactly sure, but I'm very excited to uh, pick this movie up because this, this came out awesome. after the the crazies. He had did oh, the oh, yeah, yes. and then did and this. I, I like the crazies, but this. I'm glad you got it, man. <laughs> kind of like the entire world versus me on the black phone here. Well, I'll uh, say this. It is better uh, than the uh, 2019 Black Christmas remake in terms of... Yes. Things. There you go. Facts. <laughs> no, no. No, put it, put it back. Put it back. <laughs> nah, he's going to show it. He's nice. going to show it now. Okay. <laughs> This is going to be our first TikTok, guys. All right, that, that Blu-ray is coming <laughs> out on the 17th of uh, September, or the 13th of September. Must buy. Must buy for me. Must be, <laughs> must be, be a day Friday. Must be a Friday if it's the 13th. All right. Uh, TV news. Uh, anybody watching Evil on Paramount Plus? I want to start it, dude. It looks, the trailer really intrigued mm. me. I watched the first episode. It's all right. It's called Evil. So yeah. Evil, yeah. Wasn't With it just a, net, a network show at first, Brian? Yeah, it was uh, CBS. Then they were starting to bring everything over to Paramount Plus, and it's like an exclusive now, and it's like one of their big hits. And it is uh, season three had just came out a couple weeks ago, I believe. And, oh, uh, season I thought four it was season. Season four has already been renewed. Damn. Oh. Damn, yeah. Now i got to catch up on that one, too. Yeah, too much only, shit to watch. Only person I recognized <laughs> in it was Luke Cage. Yeah, I, I've seen the uh, I think the first half of season one. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I just you know there's so much going I, going on TV that you just kind of lose oh, track I, of everything. Brian, did I ever tell you I, I keep a sticky note on my computer at work of every every TV series I need to watch and I cross it through when I get through that series and then I have to do a new sticky note like every two weeks. I should probably do that. Because I've, I've probably seen every first episode of every new show. Right. Did we lose Nez? Uh, temporarily. Well, let's say we'll say we'll, we'll, he'll be back. He'll be okay. back. <laughs> All right. Uh, another show that got renewed for another season is uh, The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs, renewed for a fifth season. Okay, cool. As well it should be. Yeah. Always fun. Uh, uh, we reviewed this trailer a couple weeks ago, uh, The Barbarian, or Barbarian. Yes. With uh, Bill Skarsgård. Uh, it's getting a slight delay in uh, release, uh, moving to September 9th. So, okay. not that bad. Yeah. Uh, other release dates announced. Uh, Dune Part 2 uh, is coming out November 17th, 2023. Thanksgiving movie. Uh, the sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife gets a December 20th, 2023 release date. Nice. Godzilla vs. Kong, March 15th, 2024. Don't say, ugh, when you're the only one that liked it. When He, he, he came on Stream Fiends and did that with us, and <laughs> he loved it. So don't don't listen to him. <laughs> Didn't we already do this? What is it, Godzilla vs. Kong 2? Yes. All right. <laughs> Uh, shortly after Terrifier 2 comes out in theater, it is coming to Screenbox. Uh, it's going to stream there exclusively this fall. Uh, anybody got Screenbox? I think we even had that in Australia. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, they put, a, um, as far as movies, um, I think their, their show selection is a little bit better. They got Toxic, they just today released uh, Toxic Crusaders, the animated to, uh, Toxic Avengers show. Oh, yeah. 
uh, Freddy's Nightmares, uh, Master of Masters of Horrors TV series. Oh, that was always good. Not as good as the podcasters of horror, though. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. I don't know those people. <laughs> and finally, is uh, hasn't been confirmed, but the rumor is um, a psychological thriller, Apartment Seven A, that just finished wrap filming, is actually a Rosemary's Baby prequel. Ooh. Oh yeah, I, I saw. Some rumors on that. Mm. Looks interesting. Because I think I think somebody said they went through the cast list and some of the last names of some characters are the last names from the people in Rosemary's Baby. So, okay, maybe we we'll get some behind the scenes on the the satanic cult. Yeah, I would just you know those those the older people were kind of wacky. So yeah. I would uh, especially uh, the the main older couple that was always coming over. <laughs> We'll kind of like to see yeah. more of that. Okay. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I'm kind of very curious to see it because I think the director of it, Natalie Erica J, she also did uh, the film Relic, which was a really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of funny with, it's funny you're bringing this up now, Brian, because like while I was doing my shelving, outs, when I stopped watching In Search of Darkness, I watched the Curse 2 episode of rosemary's baby so that was a really interesting uh watch as well and it's kind of funny that uh we're bringing yeah. the so the possible prequel up right now yeah mm. so many connections they brought up in that episode mm. oh yeah and uh that's all the news i have right now hmm. all right that means uh <laughs> I tried to, tried to sneak him in there, but you, it, this is all you guys then. I did not get a chance to see the trailers, but fear not, because Brian is going to bring us the big, the small, and sometimes the very, very weird. Brian, what's our first new trailer tonight? Uh, the first one is a new film from XYZ Films called uh, Hypochondriac. Uh, synopsis is a young... A young Potter's life devolves into chaos as he loses function of his body while being haunted by the physical manifestations of his childhood trauma. This stars uh, Zach Vila, Devin Gray. You can watch the trailer now, Lance. (laughs) (laughs) Madeline Zima. Harry Potter? No, he's a Potter. (laughs) I think we're going to break Lance. Not on This is written and directed by Addison Heim, Hyman. Thank. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. Uh, that's uh, funny. <laughs> we'll go with uh, Marcy first. Uh, yeah, I hadn't even heard of this till you guys uh, sent through the trailers to watch for the podcast prep, and I was like, genuinely, like, wow, this is. Uh, I, I mean, I have no idea what's going on, but it looks very intriguing and uh, very psychological, which I always like with my horror. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely got my attention. Um, I can kind of relate to the aspect of um, I'm clearly unwell, but then doctors being like, nah, it's all in your head. And I'm like, I'm going to freaking punch you in the face. Yeah, I I I, I kind of agree with that. You you know, there's times I've been to the doctor and I'm telling them I'm you know I'm not here to be here. I don't feel good, and they're like, "Well, we can't find anything wrong with you." 
Yeah. Only that took me like, I don't know, 15 years for a diagnosis. But yeah, yeah. sure. You're doing so good, doctors. <laughs> Beep. I literally watched this uh, as we were recording. Um, it looks really interesting. Like, I wasn't sure what to expect. But I think it does have a lot of really interesting and creepy imagery throughout. And the fact that it sort of dives into mental illness in a kind of a unique way is very intriguing to me. And also, like, I was kind of like, kind of shocked at first because I saw Natalie Ziva, who played the daughter in The Nanny in the cast. So I saw her, I was like, oh, it's a little girl from The Nanny. And um, <laughs> so that <laughs> made me even more intrigued to check out. But I'll definitely watch this for sure. It looks good. Well. Uh, yeah, I, I think it definitely looks interesting. Um, looks like they've got some good imagery and stuff going on, uh, special effects and things like you know, I, where he has like some scars that pop up on his skin and stuff. They look pretty good. Uh, I I like it, man. I'll watch this. I, it, I'm sure it's got a very metaphorical thing going on mm. from like childhood trauma sneaking back up on him into later life and stuff, uh, which is always cool. I like it when they have a message that's relatively clear. Lance? I'm like, what the fuck did I just watch, man? <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> Yeah, this looks fucking amazing, man. Yeah. It's, is it like a demon, or what? what's what's that sneaking up on him? Or I is there anything? It's his childhood yeah. trauma, obviously. Good. Yeah, they, they do mention in the trailer that his, his mother had mental illness and maybe he inherited something. Maybe he's just creating everything himself or. Yeah. Like pottery, like the, uh, <laughs> the idea of creating pottery. Right. And I'm thinking you were talking about Harry Potter. No. <laughs> I know. Ed, like when he said it, I was like, what the fuck is a potter? <laughs> and Harry Potter. The last thing I thought about is actually making pottery, but it was prominently displayed in the film ghost. So there is that. <laughs> you know what? Pottery doesn't so. get enough stuff right. in modern movies. <laughs> Street cred. <laughs> Maybe this will be the film that brings pottery back into the mainstream. <laughs> That's going to be it. Yes. She's so great. Started Thank here. You. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All yes. right. This is getting a July 29th uh, release date in theaters and VOD. No. VOD on August 4th, so mm. you can't make it to the theaters, just uh, wait a few days. Next one, um, uh, actress was in uh, Beads uh, Cool of the Week, uh, Rebecca Hall, uh, yeah. Resurrection, new one from IFC Films. Quick synopsis, uh, Margaret's life is in order. She is capable, disciplined, and successful. Everything is under control. That is until David returns, carrying with him the horrors of Margaret's past. Of course, uh, like I said, Rebecca Hall's in this, along with Tim Roth, and this is written... I'm not making up these last names, like the, the Hyman thing. This is directed and written by Andrew Siemens. <laughs> so, <And> Andy Balsack. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, what do you think of Resurrection? Um, I, I, I don't understand what's going on, uh, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I kind of hate when they give away the whole plot in the, in the movie, especially on something like this, where you're, I'm sure you're trying to figure it out the whole time. 
Um, but I like that type of movie, and uh, you know, Rebecca Hall's awesome. So. Yeah, I mean, I I dug it. You know, the whole her life's in order and going, everything's all cool and everything, and then she yeah. sees somebody from her past that clearly was was not a good person. Mm. But I, it kind of made me think that maybe she's just not or just thinking this is this person. Maybe it's not this person. Uh, I, I, I hope yeah. it gets into the whole psychological thriller aspect of it. They, they definitely put that out there as a possibility that it's not this is not who you think it is. Yeah. type thing. It, it wasn't an awesome trailer, but I bet the movie's going to be better than the trailer is. Let's hope so. IFC has really never done us wrong, right? I mean, I, I don't. Yeah. I can't think of anything from IFC films that I haven't at least enjoyed watching. I mean, they're big on slow burns, mm-hmm. which is not which I love. <laughs> I'm, yeah, a, I'm, a, I'm an old dude, thing. man. I lived through the '70s. I love the slow burn. <laughs> Marcy. Yeah, I, I would give it a go if I remember. Uh, I mean, Rebecca Hall, like. Yeah, I'll watch anything she does. She's awesome. But, yeah, it definitely sort of leaves you like, what the hell's going on? And, yeah, hopefully, hopefully uh, it's like kind of, yeah, like a slow burn psychological thriller. I think that'd be pretty cool. But I guess we'll see. So, yeah, if I remember to watch it, I will. Yeah, I, I, I just really hope they really get into the psychological part because there's a scene where she's, like, holding a gun, but then there's another scene where she's mm. not – pointing a gun she's doing the finger gun thing finger, so i saw that yeah i don't know it's actually she... a banana yeah. <laughs> i'm really interested to check it out as well i know a few people who saw this as part of uh the sundance film festival and they had nothing but raves for it so i'm definitely mm. intrigued to check it out and i think the only thing i could gather from their thoughts is that there's a lot more going on in the story mm. like when you read the synopsis so yeah, uh, definitely intrigued to check it out. And the fact that I think it is going to theaters, but I think Shutter is going to uh, play it later on in the year mm-hmm. as well. So <laughs> we have no excuse not to watch it on there, Marcy. If it does come to Australia, that by <laughs> that means true. Yep, uh, August fifth release, uh, also VOD theater same day, and like Bede said uh, on Shutter, um, usually they go probably like a couple of months after its release. So sometime in the fall, I would say. Nice. Before the end of the year, then. Yeah. This is going to be a tough year for me, guys, on the on the top half. Bottom, bottom half, well, actually, bottom half is going to be really tough because I haven't seen too many movies I've hated this year. Even stuff well, that everybody's shitting on, I, I haven't hated. Well, we know Black Phone's not going to be on your bottom list. It, it, it probably will, dude. It's no. uh, you made a mistake on that yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, it's getting it's getting another watch. I guarantee you. Before in in a quiet, no fucking kids in the theater bullshit, just quiet setting. It's getting another viewing, but I don't think it's going to creep out of the bottom ten unless something really comes along in the thirty-one days. But I don't know. We'll see. Oh, uh, they usually that's where they usually come from. That's where they pop days. up, like zits. <laughs> All right. That's the last trailer. All right. Let's uh, get through some listener feedback. Uh, This week, the podcast spotlight shines on Scary Stuff Podcast. Uh, Horror movie deep dives, discussion, and dissection. Uh, This week's topic is Doug Jones Day 3. Nice. (laughs) If anybody Uh, deserves three episodes, it's, it's that guy. There you go. 
for this year's Doug Jones episode, we're discussing 1993's Hocus Pocus, uh, wherein Doug Jones plays Billy Butcherson in one of his earliest roles. Check it out. All right. That'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, listen to the episode. A lot of, a lot of fun facts about uh, um, Doug Jones. All right. Which, uh, hold on, which, which one is this, guys? I'm going to download it real quick. Scary Stuff yeah. Podcast. Got it. Thank you. Doug Jones, day three. Uh, and regarding the Bad Seed Returns, I d- didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Are you Wraith fucking Sword. kidding me or what? <laughs> Wraith Sword says, uh, our favorite super psychotic. <laughs> Is okay. it still got a uh, what's his nut in it? Macaulay Culkin? Probably. <laughs> I've never heard of it. Brian, do you know anything about this one? Uh, isn't it a remake of uh, it's a sequel to a remake, right? A sequel to a remake. Was, um, yeah, well, um, Rob Lowe, I believe, starred in the remake of ah, it. And the actress who, okay. And the actress who plays the lead, like the psychotic little girl, she's the the same girl from Ghostbusters Afterlife as well. Oh, she was so yeah, and, yeah, and I think I, I think I read she, uh, she's one of the co-producers and helped write the script. So what? she's kind of, she's only fifteen. Yeah. So yeah, she's kind of branching out. <laughs> well, I'm Keep impressed. an eye on her, man. She's gonna be a big name. McKenna Grace. Yeah. Hmm. It's all right. I'm gonna check. Uh, check. Regarding Destination 180, uh, Kanju37 says, uh, love the name and the artwork. And D180 replied to us and said, thank you. So Destination 180, is that a movie? Uh, That's the podcast. 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 Yeah, it was oh, our, our, uh, our shout out last week. Oh, right. Remember uh, the hottie AJ? And I was concerned That's with right. it. That's <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm an idiot. They exposed and... themselves. Kanju 37 is Kate Pollock from. Uh, oh, yes. We love, everybody loves everybody loves Kate. Right, Marcy? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you guys have, have haven't listened to uh, Eternal Darkness of Not So Spotless Minds, definitely oh, give, it, give, it a, give it a check. Oh, OK, I got you guys it. will enjoy it. It's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. It's a awesome. British. Yeah, British uh, podcast. Yeah, I've seen I've seen you guys uh, share the stuff and yeah. uh, keep meaning to give it a listen, and then in Marcy fashion, I forget. So yeah, Matt Matt's been on here a bunch of times and yeah. still trying to get Kate on here. Uh, well, I'm not helping. Um, regarding the <laughs> the new Pretty Little Liars show, uh, Zim Vader says uh, Allison May Ferguson. What what, what am I what am I, I have doing? No with that? idea. Okay, I don't know. I'm not a pretty little liar. <laughs> and my wife could probably tell you. So. Well, I, I think I've never watched the show, but I think this new series or spinoff, I think it's supposed to be like a slasher themed. Huh. That's all the reason I posted it. Oh, okay. You might watch it. I mean, my wife loved the original series, so I'm sure she'll watch it. Uh, regarding Relic, uh, Anthony Barra says, uh, Doug, this one. Yeah, man, it's a good movie. Bede, you were talking about Relic, weren't yeah. you? I was. That is a good movie, so definitely check it out if people haven't seen it. <laughs> yep, that one's in my blind spot. Maybe I'll check it out for 31 days this year. Yes. And, and it's also an Aussie movie as well. Really? So. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, and regarding this week's Cronenberg films, Adam Thomas says, I love both them shits. <laughs> okay. Just like that. <laughs> All right. So uh, Adam Thomas is a Cronenberg guy. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> uh, Tim Davis says, much love, guys. Jim Nangle says, uh, thanks for sharing. Uh, regarding the poster we for We Found Something, Tim Davis also said, this poster looks familiar. We found something. Yeah, I'm not going to say the movie studio, but seems to be a theme in the way all their movie posters look. So uh, I gotcha. Asylum, maybe, Brian, or what? No, their not posters are a little bit, little bit better than that. Okay. <laughs> uh, Zim Vader, uh, talking about our Sinister podcast, says, uh, this is pretty good. I found Sinister boring, but your review was uh, still an interesting listen. As for Black Phone, I think you've talked me into giving it a go. Lance, I thought you liked it. <laughs> Apparently, that's the theme tonight, Brian. We'll see on second viewing. We'll see. I'm keeping my mind open. Um, regarding the poster for He's Watching, Zim Vader says, uh, also the new poster for He's Giving Out Blowjobs. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go look at the poster now. <laughs> uh, Zim also mm. said he left a Spotify review, but Lance was unable to find. I can't it. find it anywhere. So, yeah, help us out, man. <laughs> you can leave help. Spotify reviews or apparently, rate, yeah. ratings. Hey. <laughs> Uh, Al Ramsour says, uh, the last duel is my top five this year. So long, so good. I like the last duel. Yeah. I like the way they did it. It's a decent movie. Yeah. Um, also Al posted a pic of him in the new horror returns tank top and, uh, in the group. So thanks Al for all your support. Yeah. Thanks Al. Can't wait to, can't wait to get you on the show, man. Or if you don't want to be on, we'll just, uh, cover your picks um did, did i send those to you brian mm-hmm. nice all right hey cool it's coming <laughs> just like bead it's coming find <laughs> out but later on anyways uh <laughs> uh regarding scream five uh robert ward says uh, i watched it for the first time a couple weeks ago and was a little shocked to see dylan minette in it uh, a co-worker is a fan of his band Wallows and introduced me to them a couple of months ago. Oh, uh, my current plan is attending Lollapalooza for the first time at the end of the month and to catch them on Saturday. Nice. Well, cancel that Lollapalooza ticket and go to Burning Man, fight in the cage. <laughs> <laughs> or come to Texas Frightmare because we're definitely all going next year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Period. End of story. Non-negotiable. Uh, and we and, got and Rob, Rob Zombie and Mudmane is still up in the air, Brian, but you don't know about that. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, Texas heat. <laughs> and we got an email from Patrick C. Green it says, uh, hello and good day. Under Wicked Sky, an apocalyptic horror novel from Patrick C. Green is now available on Amazon at Amazon.com. Uh under Wicked Sky ebook, Green Patrick C. Uh, book. Patrick is available for interviews and guest appearances on podcasts and YouTube channels. Oh, check out the book. There you Under go. Under Wicked Sky, yeah. 
That makes more sense because I started reading it like that's how he was talking, and I was like, oh, right? One of these I, thought, I thought somebody <laughs> sent us a poem for a second. <laughs> that's no, what I, I thought it was. <laughs> I think he's already sent us a, a free copy, guys, to read. So, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so we got we got two two podcast networks together here. So uh, timing might be good on this one, Mister Green. There it is. Check it out. Um, and of course, our show intro comes from Steve Carlton of the Geeks. Uh, our artwork comes from Natsulani. Uh, if you'd like to help the show out, please be- consider becoming a Patreon patron. Uh, we'll let you pick the movies for a future show at any amount, and for five dollars or more a month, also pick a commentary for a future bonus show. Uh, and if you have a chance, please give us a five-star Apple Podcast review. That would be awesome. And we'll move on to our featured attractions. Uh, this week, we're going to check out some body horror, uh, Dead Ringers, and the brand new Crimes of the Future. I'm very curious to see what you guys thought about these. Uh, we'll start with Dead Ringers. Uh, twin gynecologists take full advantage of the fact that nobody can tell them apart until their relationship begins to deteriorate over a woman. Uh, Director David Cronenberg, also known for Crash and playing a major role in the new Star Trek Discovery. Uh, Lance definitely wrote this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Writers are, of course, David Cronenberg with Norman Snyder and Barry Wood. Uh, Not Barry White? (laughs) Wrong one. Uh, The shots of the twins on screen together were accomplished through uh, one of the first uses of computer-controlled moving mat photography. Um, Robert De Niro turned down the Mantle Twins role because he felt uncomfortable playing a gynecologist. That would have been a whole different film, right, guys? Don't even Mm -hmm. fucking worry about how fucking psychotic they are. (laughs) The fact that they're a gynecologist on top of that does... Does make it really weird. <laughs> uh, all right, Marcy, you want to start us off with Dead Ringers? What did you think? Dead Ringers. Uh, the film where Jeremy Irons plays twin gynecologists. Weird rapey guys. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a it's not like uh, how do I even like explain? Like Cronenberg is. Probably weird. My one of if yeah, uh, maybe like my second favorite like filmmaker behind oh, wow. David Lynch because oh, shit. <laughs> I like I, I like things that really uh, I don't know I could say go off the rails, but I I want things that make you think that are not the usual. So yeah, um, it's definitely different. Yeah, so obviously I have a lot of love for um, the films of David Cronenberg. And Dead Ringers, I think, doesn't actually get talked about as much as other films. Someone's got a plane flying through somewhere. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like if you, uh, you know, when people generally talk about David Cronenberg, Dead Ringers isn't one that comes up a lot. And I think it's almost a shame because it is a really... Like, it's a fantastic film, but it really delves into a lot of um, a lot of different themes and subjects. Um, like, on the surface, yeah, okay, it's about these twin um, gynecologists who almost feel like they're 
the one person with you could almost look at it like a Jekyll and Hyde type of thing. Um, but they're in reality, they're not, they're two different people. And it's kind of this almost this descent into you could say it's a descent into madness in a way. But um it's like it's this interesting uh like duality of I guess of like the human psyche, if you can put it that way. Um, they're very strange individuals. Um, I, I feel like they're very obsessed with the inner workings of the human body rather than anything else. And the mutations that they kind of bring up here and there and the weird tools that um, I think it's Beverly ends up making, I think kind of go into that. And a lot of that imagery um, is very Cronenbergian and we kind of see that same sort of weird imagery in Crimes of the Future, which you can generally find in a lot of Cronenberg. But mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like this, it's almost like this weird, um, you could almost look at this like a, a relationship with um, like an abuser. You know it's not good for you. It's very wrong. And there are parts where you almost can't let go of this toxic thing in your life and that's kind of the relationship between the two brothers and like by the end it's it's almost like they're it's coming a time where they probably do need to actually separate from each other's lives but they're unable to and in the end they just almost want to become the one thing um but I probably cannot articulate this as well as um anyone else I'm uh I'm very bad at doing that, but um, I think it is a really interesting, fascinating and really well done film. Like you really feel like Jeremy Irons is two different people. Oh, yeah. Those performances are so different. And I guess the way they kind of filmed it and the way he went about the performance actually works that you feel like it's two different people. Um, and that that re- that it's really beneficial, and I could not really picture anybody else but Jeremy Irons because he's just that kind of actor. He really embodies what he plays. Um, but it's it's still very weird, and I think it could definitely miss the mark with a lot of people. But with Cronenberg, you, you don't look at his work on a surface level. There's so many layers of what's going on. And Dead Ringers, I don't think you can even get the full picture just by one watch. You definitely need to watch it a few times and I actually didn't realize until last night just doing a little bit of research that um it was kind of uh based or sort of um I guess inspired by uh two real life twin um doctors and there was I think a book written about it and that was kind of very interesting and fascinating as well but um what uh what about you guys uh, Bede, you want to jump in? Well, <clears throat> I mean, David Cronenberg is one of those filmmakers that first of all, I started watching his work. Like, like obviously, like a lot of people, I saw The Fly first. <clears throat> and then watching his later work, I was kind of iffy about because there were some things I liked and other things I didn't like. But the sort of the older I get, the more I'm more appreciative of his work. And like Marcy says, he's a filmmaker that, definitely does a lot of things with his films that are under the surface. Like there's a lot of interesting sort of themes that he explores depending on 
one of the film he tackles. And Deadbringers is definitely no exception. I mean, it's, I w- watched this film for the first time years ago, and I really liked it. And rewatching it again, <clears throat> sorry, my phone's a bit choky. Um, <laughs> I appreciate it even more. You sound, so you sound like Vigo in, in the next movie we're going to watch. <laughs> 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 Anyways, um, <laughs> but uh, I, I appreciate, but watching it again in prep for this episode, like I definitely appreciated it even more so. Like I think the performance from Jeremy Irons as both Beverly and Elliot is fantastic. Like even though these two characters are identical in every single way, they definitely do have very different personalities. And I love the fact that Irons it plays a very subtle and how their personalities are different. Like Beverly is obviously a very shy character while, you know, Elliot is a much more outgoing character is more confident. And the, and once this, uh, uh, Genevieve Bajour comes into the picture, that's when it kind of everything changes and kind of changes their whole world because these two characters, even though they're twins, they're so interlocked with each other because mm. they want to say, sorry, uh, share the same experiences because that's just how they just sort of roll as twins. So even when the character of Bev kind of starts to become a drug addict, like in Elliot's mind, the only way he can fix it is not only get Bev to detox, but also become a drug addict himself to mm. get them down to a level where they're exactly the same. Mm. Because if one goes <laughs> top to Toby, the other one right. doesn't and vice versa. And I think it's beautifully filmed. Like, it's a very sort of slow-paced film, but I think it reels you in with the performances mm. and with the story. And I guess it's not full-on body horror, but when it does pop up during the film, it is very unsettling and disturbing. And also just going into that world of being a gynecologist. And being present. How <laughs> wicked film, that which the kind of feels appropriate given the froze. profession that they're in. Right? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yes. No, no worries. You froze uh, a second. You're good. You just froze, yeah. <laughs> I froze. I, fro- I was frozen today. Um, mm-hmm. But like I was saying, uh, being that in this world of being gynecologist, I like that the film has this kind of very sort of sterile kind of look mm. as it would be if you were in a hospital or a doctor's office. Like everything but, just like- felt so clean and clinical. Yeah, but what they also do is, like, when they do sort of the surgery, they're in these red, like, outfits. And <laughs> Which it's is so, weird. It's really weird. It makes it even more unsettling. It, is yeah. that not what surgeons wear in Canada? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted to find out because this they have the, and I'm thinking, like, oh, this is just something David Cronenberg did. But then I remembered right? uh, when the Soska sisters did their remake of Cronenberg's rabbit, they also right. had doctors wearing the exact same. But, but that might have been a shout out. That might yeah. have been a shout out. Yeah, that could have been a shout out. So I'm kind of curious, like, if, if this is something right. that ca- Canadian doctors actually do or not, but I can't find anything about But I'm assuming, yeah, Cronenberg made it up. But like you, you say, Marcy, yeah. it's, yeah, having a little bit of these bright red, sort of an odd looking surgical attire. Definitely feels very contrast to the sterile and almost grey look of the film. Mm. And um, yeah. yeah, I think it's just also like it's beautifully directed, 
very well acted. And it and also it's just a very compelling film. Like again, it's a very slow paced film, so it won't be for everyone. But it's one that if you go with it, it just kind of just reels you in. And of course, it's just you know on the back of you know an amazing performance by uh, Jeremy Irons, who's definitely is one of the best kind of twin performances in a film. And, and he's just better, great better here. Eddie, I definitely would say Eddie Murphy, huh? In the, in the Nutty <laughs> Professor well, in orbit. Well, to be fair, Eddie Murphy was playing multiple <laughs> characters and not actually. Oh, actually, yeah, he was playing two characters with the same person. But anyways, um, <laughs> but it's definitely up there. But yeah, I, I really like this film a lot. It's definitely one of my personal favorite Cronenberg uh, films for me. All right. We're not going to bring up Eddie Murphy and Bowfinger. <laughs> well, that's her. Yes. <laughs> oh man, I forgot all about Bowfinger. <laughs> <laughs> or right. coming to America. Try the soup. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, what did you think about Dead Ringers? Uh, this was actually my first watch, and uh, really? I do I do agree, Marcy. I think this this takes multiple watches to really grasp everything. There was a lot of uncomfortable moments in this movie, yeah. especially the anything that had to do with the gynecologist stuff and. Even the scene where he's using the clamp thing that mm-hmm. they made it into a earlier made it into like a statue or something <laughs> in the war. Like a gold thing Solid that gold. they had. Yeah, he's he's solid hurting gold. he's he's hurting the lady and she's just he's just like, but it's solid gold. It's made out of gold, <laughs> like it makes it better. Yeah, yeah I don't, I don't even want to think about that being used on my body. <laughs> yeah. And then he proceeds to, you know, do whatever he's doing with his hand and talking sure. about a woman having sex with a with a dog. And I'm just like, <laughs> what is going on in this movie? I once treated a woman that had been having sex with her, her golden retriever. <laughs> yeah. And... I think what really sold me on the movie was Jeremy Irons. Oh yeah, and doing doing a little bit of research myself, uh, he actually stayed in character and oh, had no. two two dressing rooms. Oh god! Which eventually didn't work out because he was starting to get confused on which dressing room he was supposed to be in. So they he changed <laughs> it to one. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the I, I thought there would have been a little bit more body horror because his whole, like you said, the fascination with him about people's insides and people are, are beautiful on the inside. And I think he was kind of more fascinated with that whole thing. Mm. And um, yeah, it, it's lifestyles of the rich and famous. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Who was it that kept watching that? Was that Beverly? See, I've got no. That up. that that to me Elliot, seemed right? like an Elliot thing. Okay, mm-hmm. so yeah. that was his that was his uh, bag, right? Which I think he kind of Jeremy Irons kind of shined more as Beverly. I, I felt like mm-hmm. I got more out of his performance. You know, okay. him just especially how he just kind of broke down when his his girlfriend kind of left to do her movie shoot and mm-hmm. he was not with her and he just couldn't handle it and he was just breaking down and just that whole performance there I thought kind of made that that the movie for me and yeah I, th- I think I'll definitely um, check this out again because I think on multiple rewatches I'll, I'll get more and more out of it yeah, yeah he you can definitely pick up on the sort of duality of uh, Beverly and uh, Elliot and mm-hmm. if you do look at it as something like 
Beverly is more like um, Dr. Jekyll and Elliot is like Mr. Hyde. Yeah. And, you know, with Beverly being the more quiet, um, not confident one, and Elliot just, like, oozes his confidence right. and doesn't really hesitate to go bang the girl that uh, Beverly likes, you know. Or, any, or anyone else for that matter. Or anyone else, really. Like, he's <laughs> like, I'll have twins and they can refer to me as both me and my brother. I'm like, okay, that would be messed up. But, um, like, as Beverly gets the attachment, um, oh, sorry, I keep forgetting the... Um, the lady's name. Um, um, Claire, Claire, Claire. Claire, sorry. Um, as she goes away, like, he, it's almost like him losing that, he loses part of himself, which is interconnected with, like, how he his relationship is with Elliot. If he loses part of Elliot, he's losing himself. And it's almost like he can't function without that. Um, so I think it's definitely very interesting. And when you look at how they add in the drug addictions and, I mean, you can look into that so many ways, but I'll shut up. <laughs> no, that totally makes sense. Uh, Lance, what'd you think? Yeah, no, this, this was, uh, this is definitely in my top half of the Cronenberg films. It's it, yeah, it, beautiful film. I mean, the, the, de- the descent into what ended up becoming, like a mishmash of the two together is what got me toward the end. And it got a little scattered for me there, but yeah, it definitely I definitely did. I, I guess like if, so if you take the movie from the beginning, first of all, every time I hear Jeremy Aaron's voice, I think of scar. <laughs> I can't, I can't <laughs> not think of the Lion King, unfortunately. Um, but I, I will say that the, the acting, the acting was, was spot on. It would be difficult to imagine De Niro or, or anyone else in this role. Yeah. You know? Kind of, that would have been a completely different movie, right? I was thinking <laughs> that, right? Yeah, I can't even imagine De Niro trying to pull this off. I don't know I that think, it would have worked. I think he would have he would have hit the Elliot part, but I think he right? It, it, right. it wouldn't have worked with Beverly. Hmm. I don't know, man. I um would say that okay at the begin. So when you start out, the dichotomy is very clear, right? So you've obviously got the super suave debonair. Uh, incredibly shallow Elliot, right? And then you've got the really deep, uh, emotional uh, Beverly. But as you, I don't know if you guys noticed this the way I did, but as the movie went further and further, I would catch one of them in a scene, either with the actress that they were having the affair with or in another scene. And I couldn't tell, I couldn't tell who was who as it got toward the end. And I think Mm. that's what Cronenberg intended on this one. And I Mm. think that's, 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 that's exactly what, the actor intended because mm. as you got further and further toward the end of the movie and my god what a chilling portrayal of drug addiction no it's it, felt, felt, it felt very accurate i felt as well. dirty I, I mean i felt horrible I, yeah. I, I really did after watching this i i had i had to take a <laughs> take his annex <laughs> yeah. and, and i liked how how he was so in sync with his brother when he was uh going around mm. he knew where all his stashes were mm. oh my yeah. god yeah that's like right How every you know single one of them oh, unless, unless they were yeah. unless they were his stashes at first i don't know it could have been see that's what i love about this movie is that you really aren't totally sure mm. who is who and yeah iron's pulled it off he did a good job and I'll, I'll i'll say shout out to the special effects because the cgi mm. in this movie was 10 times better than some of the shit that they give us now you know, like the the terrible fire and water 
sequences and when you get two people together that are in the same scene this this really honestly truly looked better than some of the things where you where you see twins now where it's the same actor or actress. No, or, that I was going to say do they even do CGI it was just the twin um, thing you talked about well you, well, you were saying mean, it the, that it was like a, a computer yeah uh, program yeah, well, right well, yeah well what basically what they do and they've done this with a lot of films since basically they use a computer to for the for the camera to map out do the exact same movement over and over again. That's so basically, crazy. they would shoot say Jeremy Irons separately, do so the and the camera would still the same. yeah. So the background's yeah. all the same, and also but the camera movement that, the and 80s. the shot is the same. Yeah, wow. and and then of course they will just composite the two shots together in post. Okay. I will say this. Um, you guys remember last year when Candyman was coming out, which was supposed to be the year before, they kept referring to it as a spiritual sequel, right, to the original Candyman. This film, in my opinion, the next one we're going to talk about tonight is a pure, straight-up spiritual sequel to this movie. There were lines out of both films that were exactly identical, talking about the beauty pageant on the inside of the mm. body, talking about why don't we – you know, look at the insides of people. Why do we take beauty at face value? So, I mean, Cronenberg has come full circle. Brian, as usual, you did a great job of, of seeing uh, the two movies up. I didn't make this pick. This was, was this Marcy. Oh, no, Marcy. that was Pete, actually. Oh, okay. Feed. I did. It was, it, was, it, was, it was a, it was but a is super that But is that Pete? Yeah, well, yeah, well, that's the thing. I kind of just assumed with these two because they had both a surgical element to them, but now watching both of them, Back to back. Like there is definitely right? a lot. Yeah, back to back. And then yeah. there is definitely a lot more similarities between the two of them oh. that I actually initially thought there would be. These could be in the same universe. A absolutely. There's so many things that, that are hit on. Um, but I will say this. Not only was Irons excellent, but I think all of the background characters were really good, too. Um, and now, what's her name? Je Genevieve Bujold. Is that correct? Or did I? <laughs> sure. Yes. Um, I will say this. <laughs> another thing, and you guys tell me if y'all caught this or if it was just me, but when I was watching Crimes of the Future, I thought, those women look a lot like she looks. It's like Cronenberg likes a woman of a certain look. I don't know, something about the facial features. Maybe it was just because this one was in my mind. But as mm. I was watching Crimes of the Future um, and a couple of the actresses, I thought really reminded me uh, a lot of this one that played the actress. The way that well, they did the... It's probably just shit that he's got in his head. That is his type Dream of woman. woman, right? So and he, this is his... When they're auditioning. Weird... I, like, you know, if there's ever some kind of unsolved serial murderers or whatever, I would de I would definitely look at David Garber. <laughs> oh, jeez, man. Just saying. Well, you know, remember him from... Uh, what was the what was the Clive Barker movie, uh, Brian? Oh, uh, Nightbreed. Put on the Night sack Brain. head. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Uh, I, I will say also that this movie has a lot to say about toxic relationships. Uh, you've got the woman that you fall madly in love with, and it looks like she's got everything together because she's an actress. And she talks about drugs being what, – what did she call it? A, 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 ha a occupational hazard or something like that? Did, did yeah. she have it together though? Because she, well, she, she made a lot had of a drug problem. I mean, she was, yeah. she was, she was to big. Be well, in be, general, the love of your life probably shouldn't be your gynecologist. She also seemed <laughs> to be taking roles that she didn't want to take, but she had to take. 
No. Oh, I guess you're right, man. Well, they definitely seem to have it all together, at, at least at the beginning, right? Now it's they kind of, little... It's kind of her duality as well. Right. Where she's not what she appears to be on the surface. Mm. Oh, okay. I like that. Mm. Yeah. But definitely, like I say, the toxic relationship aspect that, you know, he starts doing the drugs. She, she makes all these little con- comments about, well, a lot of doctors take a lot of drugs, you know. Mm. It's like, was she using him to get the drugs like the brother said she was? Was he maybe mm. more astute in that? And, and actually her whole modus operandi was to get prescriptions? I don't know. Mm. I mean, that's how many layers there are in this film. It's mm. really well done. I think toward the end, it got a little over the top. When you go into the into the uh, condo and there's like pizza boxes and fucking Chinese takeout boxes on the floor. <laughs> that, was a, that was a bit much, <laughs> a bit much. But, uh, oh, man, overall, yeah, definitely in my top top half of, uh, of Cronenberg films for sure. That, that's big because... Off of one movie, you said his son was a better director than him. Well, we're not done yet tonight. <laughs> so <laughs> don't get your hopes up yet. We'll 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 reassess that at the end. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely one of uh Cronenberg's probably milder as far as uh as as body horror goes. Mm-hmm. But still a lot of psychological weird shit, man. Like he's good at weird shit. Uh which is not necessarily a bad thing, I, mm-hmm. unless he's a serial killer. I don't know. Possibly. Yeah, because uh, whatever, whatever, the, whatever the rules are of filmmaking, I don't believe he goes by those. He no, he, not he at makes all. his own rules. <laughs> he well walks said. to the beat of his own drum. Yes, definitely sure, definitely sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, yeah, I and and just knowing what Cronenberg is like uh, with the body horror stuff and then putting a gynecologist who is weird and rapey and crazy to gynecologists. Uh, it just is, it's a weird combination of stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, no, Jeremy Irons uh, had me convinced that he was two different people, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I never once in the movie, there were plenty of times where I was like, wait, which brother am I looking at right now? Mm-hmm. But there was never a time where I was like, those two people are the same fucking person. What am I? You know what I mean? Like sometimes you get performances that are kind of distracting because they don't really pull it off. And you're like, all right, it's just the same person playing another role. And I didn't get that with him. He fucking nailed it. Um, I I do think that, uh, yeah, it had a lot of deep aspects to it. Um, The Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde aspect where it's it's kind of or you know arnold schwarzenegger danny devito whatever um <laughs> <laughs> of just two sides to the same person you know mm. if you think about like who you are like maybe there's two different sides to you and i think that mm. that's a lot of what this film explores um i liked it man i was i was pretty impressed with it i watched uh, this was the first watch for me i watched crimes of the future first and so I, you know, maybe I uh, jumped into the fire and then sat beside it, and I was like, "Oh, this is not so hot," <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think this was definitely one of his tamer, and and, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it's very in that like psychological. Um, I think over the more grotesque 
visuals, yeah. but it's kind of funny because I watched Dead Ringers because I thought we were doing this podcast last week. So <laughs> I kind of watched that a little bit ago now and then Crimes of the Future yesterday. And I was like, Bede, I don't know, these kind of, I don't know if these go as well as maybe something else as a double. But then the more I thought on it, I'm like, actually, it kind of works because there are certain similarities with the film. So I'm actually kind of glad um, we sort of did both of these together because, again, it does have, um, I mean, I guess we'll sort of go into it more with the um, crimes of the future, but there is a lot of, like, a sexual element as well. Um, Yeah. And both films, actually, a lot of Cronenberg films have a very cold feel, and I I do believe he does that on purpose because... um, while a lot of his films sort of have this commentary on what it is to be human, it's also very detached because humanity is just so detached from itself. Um, and that's kind of what I pick up from um, his style. And it's probably one of the things that I absolutely love about uh, his work. Yeah. Mm. And he likes the insides of people. <laughs> it's a pageant for the insides of people <laughs> and spitting acid <laughs> or whatever breaking down your food before you eat it <laughs> all right uh let's do scores on this one marcy uh yeah so i give this one eight uh, mutated women's bodies out of <laughs> 10 or whatever he, whatever that line nice. he says um, or yes. a three-hold Mut- service. Mutant women. Mutant women. Mutant women. With <laughs> three, with three opening or three-hold yes. services. But, yes, eight out of ten from me. <laughs> Beat? I think it's eight out of ten as well. Uh, I forgot to mention before on my assessment is basically one of the things I do love about this film is that there is a little bit of humour that sprinkles throughout it. There's one moment at the start of the film that made me laugh so hard as well and the kid versions of bev and elliot they're like talking about sex yeah and they go up to a a random like like young girl and said uh would you want to go into the bathtub so we can experiment and have sex with us so we as an experiment and she's like fuck off when he was younger and that's why he likes to cut women apart that that (laughs) could be but also if you notice the conversation they're having about like fish reproduction and oh yeah that kind of thing they're talking about it's very detached and i think that is um very telling of these two characters because they are so detached from the actual world around them i did laugh at how they just go up to a kid and be like do you want to have sex and she's like fuck off yeah, you don't even know what fucking is. <laughs> They're on the spectrum, exactly. dude. Bloody hell. <laughs> to be fair, if I was that young girl, I would have had the same reaction, but I probably well, would have punched them in the face. To be fair. Yeah. To be fair. Is this movie on Tubi? Uh, it could I be. So. I mean, I, I have so. been tempted to um, make us watch Naked Lunch because that is on Tubi. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's a great film. Definitely top-tier um uh, David Cronenberg for me. And it's also the interesting one because it's kind of like the first one where he kind of left the more sort of horror-centric films mm. of his past and going into more sort of, I guess, more prestige films. So this is kind of like that middle ground, middle ground. between the two. So, yeah, I think it's a great film and definitely 
worth checking out. And uh, it has a great performance from uh, Jeremy Irons at the center of it. Or performances, I should say. Mm. <laughs> there you go. All right, Brian, what do you think? I will go based off of Jeremy Irons, uh, a seven and a half. That, that, nice. That's just for nice. a first watch. Um, I think with another watch, this could go up. Um, mm. I was surprised by the the lack of body horror I thought I was going to get, but right. I was made to feel uncomfortable in other ways. Like I brought up mm. the gynecologist scene and the fact that they share women under the idea that they're the same person, which is very creepy. And mm. so I, I got that uncomfortableness in other places but like i said before jeremy irons especially as beverly just killed this performance mm. so seven Mar- and a half. Mar- marcy would you have thrown water in his face in a public restaurant if you just at that moment discovered that uh yeah i probably would have to be <laughs> okay. fair um i do actually like how she um like before she meets both of them together that she's kind of catching on to what's yeah. happening it when seemed she that way, out about the brother. Yeah, it did seem that way. <laughs> and she didn't know, like, it's like, uh, imagine being in that situation. It, right. it would be mortifying. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like the way she was pushing Beverly's buttons to, to mm-hmm. kind of right? break break him out of character, you know, like, why why is your brother named Elliot and you're named Beverly? Did they want a girl, you know, and just, just oh, kind yeah. of pushing mm-hmm. his buttons. And he was like, what are you trying to say, you know? There's yep. absolutely an element of like um, sort of the toxic masculinity as well, because Beverly is the more quieter one and doesn't go out of his way to fuck everything that moves like Elliot does. So there's definitely <laughs> parts of that in there. And I don't even think that was quite intentional, um, but it's definitely there. It's there. Uh, Lance, what do you think? Man, dude, six and a half, man. I like. I, I really, I really like this movie. Yeah, I did. It's, it's two thirds good. So, um, yeah, way to go, Cronenberg, man. I, I, I think it was incredibly deep. There were a lot of layers. I've seen this movie before when I was younger, which probably, you know, like a couple of years after it came out, it was on HBO or something mm-hmm. like that. The only scene I really remember too, too much from that was the, um, like when the brother toward the end was doing the drugs with him. So that they could both, you know, kind of be synchronized, as he Mm. said. Um, Mm. So that's very haunting to me still to see that. But very great, great acting, you know, incredibly well done the way that it's it's portrayed both of them as two completely different people. I like the scene where um, Beverly showed up at the at the speech and got up on the stage and made a complete ass out of himself. And um, I think that's kind of when it started breaking down for Elliot, too. I think at that scene, that's kind of when they started yeah. getting to where it was really difficult to start telling them apart from each other. I don't know. Mm. I just mm. felt like a spiral, a downward spiral was beginning. One, at, one at personality that. was, was coming to the surface. It was. It was and a challenging scene. the 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 primary personality. Exactly. Mm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Who's the alpha dog, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. Well done, movie. I, I enjoyed this one. Uh. Yeah, I think uh, I think seven and a half is is a pretty fair wow. score. I imagine this one gets a lot of really high scores and a lot of really low scores, depending on you know who's who's watching it. If like you don't know who Cronenberg is at all, and you're not into that kind of movie, uh, you you could probably watch this and not take much away from it and be like, oh, that was really fucking boring. Um, but I think it had a lot to say. 
You know, I, I think it was a yeah. really solid movie. I, I, I liked it. Damn. I, I can't believe I was low man of the totem pole on this one. I really yeah. enjoyed it. <laughs> so it's, it's recommended by all. Mm. For sure. I think so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. This one is going to be interesting, I think. Because I'm curious to see what people think about it. Because I'm not entirely sure what I think about it. Which is why you guys are going to go first. Um, but we'll start. <laughs> we'll do Crimes of the Future. Uh, my opinion can be changed. Uh, humans. Malleable. Yeah. Humans adapt to a synthetic environment with new transformations and mutations. Uh, with his partner Caprice, uh, Saul Tenser, a celebrity performance artist. Uh, publicly showcases the metamorphosis of his organs in an avant-garde performance. Oh, when you say Caprice, I thought of Kid Capri, Capri. <laughs> you guys don't remember that, do you, from HBO? Death Comedy Channel? Yes! Yeah. <laughs> you got it! <laughs> All right. Uh, director and writer, uh, David Cronenberg. Uh, Vigo Mortensen, who apparently is his favorite person on the planet. He's worked with him how right many now. times? A lot. Crazy. Well, this is his fourth time. Fourth yeah. time working with him. Feels like 12. <laughs> Uh, it does. It feels like he's been working with him forever. Really. Vigo wanted to play uh, the part of Whippet. Huh. But uh, David Cronenberg claims he harassed him into playing Saul Tenser instead. Uh, Vigo <laughs> suffered quad trauma when struck by a non-participating horse at the American Kentucky Derby and as a result was unable to stand for periods longer than two minutes. Uh, this Why result was there in, non-participating horses at the Derby? I, 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 I don't know how any of that happened. <laughs> none of very the, surreal. None of what I said in that last sentence makes any sense. <laughs> so like it's a very interesting. replacement horse or something? I don't know. Apparently he got hit by a fucking horse, man. Like That's, that's crazy. That seems like it's a, a I got yeah. struck by lightning story. Yeah. <laughs> he, he probably got kicked by uh, Hildalgo. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you remember that movie, <laughs> sure he did. This fucking toilet seat just flew out of space and hit me in the head. Uh, this resulted in his uh, in his character constantly kneeling while giving mm. exposition and monologues, and which I, I totally worked. I noticed that. I'm like, his it, it actually adds yeah. to the character because he's yeah. like always hunched over or something. Yeah, and it's just, it's quite intriguing. But yes, please continue. <laughs> Uh, well, that was it for the trivia. So, uh, Marcy, you want to start us off on crimes of the future? Mm. What did you think about this one? This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. Well, they are certainly crimes in the future. Um, Are they? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Something is a crime in there. I don't know. But um, you see a lot of people getting in trouble. <laughs> this was, uh, well, they probably should have. I mean, the, the way this film starts off um, is very shocking. Hmm. Um, we see a woman who whose kid is eating like a plastic bin. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and that's that's what all my grandkids. We <laughs> could just watch Screen Five, and I said I've got to watch this one for the podcast. <laughs> as, soon, as soon as the little kids start eating the trash can, they all scattered. <laughs> they ran. Up, they ran upstairs. 
I don't know like glass eaters. <laughs> because <laughs> it's such it's such a weird way to start a movie. A kid's eating a trash can, okay? <laughs> like a, a plastic trash bin thing. But the, God damn it, it's bad enough. I gotta protect him from the fucking raccoons. Now I gotta keep him away from my kids too. Yep. <laughs> um, but the the mother apparently thinks that uh, that is enough wrong with the, the, her kid that she smothers him to death. Um, and I, I was kind of like just sitting there going, okay, this is a very fucked up way to start the movie, right. but then we move on to something completely different. And like, I was a little yeah. unsure of where it was going. I thought maybe at first the kid might have been like Vigo Mortensen as a kid or something because I, I didn't really like... I tried to stay as um, unknowing going into this as possible, so Same that completely here. wasn't it. Um, but then, yeah, we do meet Saul and Caprice and this world of the weird, I guess, synthetic nature that um, the world has become. Um, like they point out at some point, like there's no, um, people don't feel pain anymore. They don't really have disease or anything. And I'm like, I'm thinking, okay, if there was a world without pain, give that to me because I live with chronic pain. That'd be great. I'd love that. Um, but we clearly see there's pain in the Saul characters, which is kind of interesting because he is very much like this enigmatic presence. Um, and as it kind of goes... he's treated that way. He's almost treated as yeah. a desire. Yeah. Place, right? Yeah. Um, as it goes on, like, there's a, so many ideas of, like, um, I guess like a natural human evolution um, and it, it's uh, it, I kind of take it like um, is it in our nature to kind of evolve in this way um, or is this just uh, humans so fucked up uh, it's it's um, it is really uh, complex and again um, it's a film that feels very cold and it also feels very dry. And it, that, again, Cronenberg does this on purpose. I'm a hundred percent sure that he does this because humanity is just so disconnected from itself. Um, but the way he kind of explores all these themes and how much body horror there is, like this soul is just growing random organs in his body that they then remove as part of a performance piece. Um, it's very bizarre. Very strange it, it, idea for a story, right? Yeah, but then we also meet other characters, which include Kristen Stewart, who I, I don't know if she wanted to fuck his organs or what the hell. Yes. Um, she was very weird. But they, um, they're at the, like, organ registry. So if you grow a new organ, they register it so we know what it is. If, if you cheat, but it's voluntary. It's not actually yeah. part of the government yet. It's yeah, and then yeah, and they do this thing where they like, tattoo them and da 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 da. But then we have, you know, we go back to that child at the start, and we meet the father, played by Scott Speedman, who I did not know was in this film. Oh, I could have sworn that was the dude that played Homelander in the Boys when I first saw Scott <laughs> Speedman. He looks just like him. <laughs> um. So we, yeah, we find out like he's got his own agenda. This character, like, um. And this definitely delves into like massive spoilers. Um, he's part of a group that are, do, are kind of forming their own human evolution, where humans can survive off basically trash. Um, 
put plastic. into plastic um, where we don't need food anymore. You just consume this. Um, and that they had obviously modified themselves to process this, but his son was actually born that way. Mm-hmm. And the mother saw that as something else and then killed him. And so, so thinking that was Vigo as a child, you weren't far off, actually. Yeah, kind of because he's kind of, gene. yeah, he's like almost the other side of that coin mm-hmm. um, where he's definitely changing and mutating. And all of this kind of comes together and it's just, it's almost very fucked up. Like they've made, like there's this change that could be way beneficial, but then it needs to be covered up as well. So it's it's very complex and I know that I probably would need to probably watch it a few more times and I might not have been in the best headspace for a film this heavy, I suppose, but there's definitely a lot to say on humanity, evolution. Um, it just, De-evolution. <laughs> exactly. Um, the well, things wait, within ourselves. Okay, yes. so we're, we're – let's just – we're doing spoilers on this movie. That's just how it's going to be. Clearly, but not, right. not yet, though. Not yet. Yeah. Well, we kind we're of already. Hit, we're already in. I've already hit that. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah. Let, yeah. yeah. Let's, I have questions. Let's try we're going to put a. We're going to put a spoiler warning okay. before we get into the. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, it's kind of hard to talk about this one without, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So, but did they? Did they make themselves able to do the? The to digest Some did, the yes, yes, because or, they, they, yeah, was that a natural human evolution thing that they were trying to stop? That's that's the beauty of it, dude. You don't you don't know. It, well, that's it, maybe how you it was. Look at it evolution. because we get the idea that's what I that thought it was. They have evolved themselves unnaturally, but it started to form naturally in the kid. But you have a group of people who don't want that to happen. But then Vigo because of who his character, like the character of Saul, who he is, and he's already changing. And um, mm-hmm. as it goes on, like these organs are forming um, much but faster every time. And, he, and, he, and he's very uncomfortable in his body. Yeah. Well, very so all of those people genetically modified themselves to be able to digest the plastic yes. or they, yes. some yes, of they them did. already yes, had Yes, they did. Those, no, those they all modified okay. themselves because mm-hmm. oh, the kid okay. was the first one to be born like that. All right. I missed um, that part. Yeah, that's yeah. that's where Speedman picked that up because he said mm-hmm. my son uh, had this particular genetic ability, and so we yeah. modified ourselves so that we can do the same thing, mm-hmm. so that we can and continue so when they, to live I gotcha. in this world that we've, if, as humans, have fucking created and fucked up. Yeah, and we've got everything plastic now and pollution and everything's. We either go with it and we keep living, or we don't go with it and we die out. Like mm, that's a whole nother question. So it's it's, right. it's almost yeah. like they want to extend what you could do. Yeah. Um, but then, like, Vigo's character kind of takes everything in to evolve again. Um, and so that's why when they were pulling all the organs out of the kid during the well, autopsy, what, they were tattooed. And so they were like, oh, well, these are not, like, original organs. They're. Yeah, they actually replaced what was in the child. Right. So that performance was then like, oh, it's just whatever. Um, whereas they took all that from him. And then you see those two women power drill into his head, killing him. Yeah. Um, almost to stop this thing. But it's almost like it's saying that this kind of evolution is almost inevitable, whether humans are going to kill each other out or get better. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I've definitely said a lot. But this film is a lot to take in. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very complicated. Like, if you're not fully paying attention, you're going to miss shit. Yeah. Um, and I, that's hence I need to be in a better headspace and, <laughs> and um, definitely need closed captions because I I feel like I just can't understand a movie without them anymore. A lot of, lot of dialogue. I know. Mm. There was a lot of dialogue. I, I put them on everything now. I'm like, oh, man, am I an old person now? <laughs> I guess I am. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I definitely do want to um, revisit it and really take more in. Um, but as I was watching it, like, my understanding was that they kind of modified themselves okay. um, to ingest plastic, which resulted in the kid being born that way, but maybe it was the other way around. See, that's how no, I, it's the other I way don't around. know if I yeah, missed no, no. that. Yeah. He, he said it. He said it. He said it in the yeah. film. He See, said I probably they, missed it, the dialogue because I couldn't hear shit. So there you go. Yeah, well, but people do body, body mod. A lot of people do body mod now. I mean, you know, mm. it's part of a lot of people like to have piercings and tattoos and stuff like that. It's all it's all kind of mm. related, you know. I like this the whole Body modification. <laughs> The whole body modification just it 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 will evolve. I mean, it already has. Yeah, get all these ears on you, Philip. You want to have some extra ears, even if they don't hear. <laughs> I, I can go get boobs tomorrow if I wanted to. Sure. How much different is that? <laughs> like That'll the get us some YouTube talk. views. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But yes, please, someone else. I don't know if I'd be mad at it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear from everyone else. All right. Oh, <laughs> uh, Bede, it's an interesting movie, man. <laughs> Bede, what do you think? Oh, it definitely is, for sure. Like, I wasn't sure. I mean, I had a bit of an idea what to expect going into this film because I've read the synopsis. Sure. But I was kind of very intrigued just to see Cronenberg going back into science fiction and body horror again because he hadn't done that since Existence in 1999. So it's interesting kind of oh see him going back Has into that, that world. Long? Like, would he? Mm. Yeah, it's been that long. And, it, and I was kind of curious to see, like, would he still have, like, that magic as he usually does when he goes into this type of genre of film? Or would it just be kind of tired and boring and all that? But honestly, I think he still has it. And watching this film, like, like Marcy said before, like it immediately grabs you right away with that kid starting to eat the plastic bit. Like you're going like, what the fuck is going on? And at first I did think, mm. oh, this is Viggo Mortensen as a kid. And then get the kid right. gets murdered. I'm like, okay, this is definitely all not right, what that's I was expecting at all. <laughs> right. But as it goes on, there's so much world building within this film. It kind of just throws you in there. It reminded me a little bit of like Mad Max Fury Road, where it just throws you epic. into that world. Very epic. It yeah, reminds, it's me, very it reminds epic. me of Dune. It reminds me of Dune from last year mm. with with the scale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean you've you've in, in the uh, small amount of time that this movie takes place, you just feel like you know everything about this world. I just really got into oh, yeah. it. I but really it does just throw you in oh, yeah. there, and you kind of have to figure it out along the way. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Kind of like a puzzle, also right? Kind of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and also very much to pay extra attention as well, because like Marcy said, you could easily miss stuff. And but I was able to capture. I mean capture a lot of things that were going on in this film. And I think what's interesting is that, you know, this is a world where basically uh, uh, climate change and pollution has done a lot to the world. But instead of, like, in the way of that, you know, like, in total destruction, it has changed our biology as humans. Yes. That we can no longer feel pain and and we grow 
other organs inside ourselves. So basically now, like, people can do stuff to their bodies and they won't feel pain. Like, you know, and I think it's interesting about this film is that it is also a satire on the art world as well. Like, yeah. this is, that is the point about next evolution. Yeah, the next evolution of that is, like, we're going from painting or sculpture to doing stuff to the human body. And the fact that we can take stuff out or move things around or put more ears on us without feeling any of that pain whatsoever, like it just makes it, I guess, free as a society. But with the character of Saul, who can still feel pain, like he's one of the few characters who still can, but, you know, he has to grow new organs. Like, it's interesting kind of seeing that he's being pulled in by the government to go into this radical evolutionist group Mm. to show kind of and him his worldview kind of changing because of that because i think what's interesting about this film is like all this stuff is changing but when the kid like you got scott speedman who genetically modified himself to eat plastics and probably this is a world where yeah, there's so, so much garbage so and around. yeah adapt yeah. or die adapt or die mm. yeah exactly and maybe that's kind of the thing, like there's like so much garbage and all that. Maybe the next thing to do is eat the garbage so that way we can save ourselves as as humans. But then, of course, when his son is born with that same ability as well, and then you have this and then the mum kills the kid. And also you want you've got all the government agents w- wanting to kill Scott <laughs> Spieber. It's almost like <laughs> the government so in a lot of ways. Oh, there's so much going on. And there's also a lot of things like this. The government is saying like is denying that ev- this is the next stage of evolution. And yes, that's right. And they just want it to be fun and normal. Yeah, exactly. And there's yep. a lot of parallels to that, like even what's going on into the world right now. And to me, it just really adds so much to the film. And also all the surgical equipment and also like the, the machines that Sol uses for, and also Caprice use for their art shows, is very resentment of some of the surgical tools that Beverly created in Dead Ringers. But some of that design is a lot. I told you, spiritual sequel, man. <laughs> exactly. And also the performances are great. Uh, I, Viggo Mortensen, like, like now knowing that he actually injured himself pretty badly before the film definitely makes sense when you watch his performance because he look that is not like he's not faking that pain he is in legit mm. pain as he's in his performance that, and that I also kinda, had to laugh as long as you text me this Marcy, when you're watching it it's like why is he dressed up as a ninja um, <laughs> yeah that kind of smacks like, of urban legend though now <laughs> now yeah, that I think a little bit, about it. A little, <laughs> Yeah, and also, like, I guess because they shot this film during COVID time, so I'm thinking, like, oh, he's dressed up as just so he doesn't catch COVID. Um, (laughs) But I think the performances are great. But for me, the standout performance is definitely Kristen Stewart, uh, whose performance is so weird, but you just can't help be captivated by it because she's such a, like, as Marcy said, she gets, yeah, it's such a quirky performance, but you can tell that she's very almost is kind of has this kind of sexual attraction sexual attraction to oh, big time. Yeah. like to these like art body surgery art well, pieces she that does Saul say to souls that surgery is the new sex and yeah, there's definitely exactly. this correlation between um like sex and 
um, I guess the human body and uh, there's so much you could go into, like, honestly. I mean, we see... Um, we see Leah Sadu, like, after Vigo has a, a surgery, basically stick her tongue into his open zipper wound. So right. well, very crash-like if you think right. about it too. Yeah. It was just that was that was the new sex and that was the new right. artist, yeah. you know? It was the new yeah. fucking Michelangelo. You know, he was doing his thing and then uh, he had – Groupies. <laughs> and also it's interesting. And again with the sex stuff, is like there's a scene right. where Sol and Caprice do have sex, but they don't have sex with each other. They let yes. that machine yes. just That's like right. cut them. cut them and yeah. it kind of gives them sexual pleasure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And since movie. they cut well <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's a very interesting film. Like it's definitely not for everyone. I can definitely see some people <laughs> yeah. being incredibly <laughs> put off by it, but I think there's a lot of interesting stuff in this. And like Dead Ringers, it's one that you can you'll think about so much after you watch it, because there's so mm. much going on. And when you go back and rewatch it again, you're gonna get even more out of it. So I think it's a really great film and definitely again a very, in my personal opinion, a top tier uh Cronenberg film, and it just shows that this man still has it. All right. Brian, what do you think? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I'm getting more out of listening to you guys talk about what you got out of it than (laughs) what I did. That's That's a good thing. I had so many questions when I finished this movie. I mean, outside of that, I thought all the performances were great. I'd beat, I agree. Uh, Kristen Stewart was the standout. She was the weird one in this movie out of all the weird shit going on. They actually call her the weird one. I, th- I forgot which they character did. was. Yeah. was like, what, 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 what's going on with that weird girl? You know, yeah, she was making them uncomfortable. <laughs> I just maybe maybe I just wasn't in the also in the right headspace to watch this and didn't pay attention enough. Uh, there was just so many like the beginning uh, the boy that's playing by the the water, you see that entire ship turned over in the water. Right. And then the buildings look kind of post-apocalyptic. Oh, But they, yeah. they never kind of speak on what happens, you know. Sure. I kind of maybe... They don't They don't need to, Brian. They don't need to. You kind of know where you are at that point. I mean, you're trying to... I, for... I didn't. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I and I also thought that was Vigo as a child until his mother. Everybody seems to have thought that. I violently smothered him because that was she. Not only put a pillow on him, she right. laid on top of him she so he could flail about. Which I was just kind of like, what is going on? <laughs> it was a strange. Like I said, I, the grandkids scattered when that scene came on. <laughs> as I soon kinda, as he bit into the plastic trash can, they were gone. I kind of got all, you know, everything with the whole body modification, but there was just other stuff. Right. I was just like, what was up with the breakfast chair thing? That was kind of. Because <laughs> it's more modification, well, dude. It's the way we're going, man. That's People can't why. Do anything so for themselves. Look that's at that. Why I the thought Disney it was movie. a natural genetic thing because they have this chair that to is supposed to help them. you digest shit. Mm-hmm. Because like so many were having. Is that what it was doing? Time. Uh, yeah, some, of them, yeah, some of them, yeah, some of them sounded the like they weren't digesting anything. <laughs> yeah, well, but that, yeah, that's what it was doing. It was moving you around, oh, like, and, uh, and and helping you digest. Philip, it's, it's like Philip, like Wally. 
Wally with yeah. the, the oh, well. amorphous blobs <laughs> around, yeah. right? But if if that many people were having that many problems digesting regular food and that they had to sell this fucking chair that's super expensive. Right. Uh-huh. And how much of that are we just being told we need? Well, then then why is this not a natural genetic thing that's happening? Okay. And I didn't yeah, but again, I point. think I need to watch it again, man. Well, yeah, no, I need yeah, to because I, so. I wanted to know why was uh General or uh, uh Palpatine's uh not talking you know, Eagle Mortensen, Jedi Mortensen, his yeah. whole, yeah, his yeah. whole motivation to, because he was undercover, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. What, what, what was his motivation? He was playing to, both sides. Well, they didn't go into that, did they? They didn't go into his motivation. He's for sickly, and and that's all he does. Very is sickly, just get yeah. get surgeries and recover, and that's it. You know, he kind of has to cover up because he's sort of a celebrity. I it's sort of well, makes sense. and he's got to cover up scars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I had to lop a little bit. Oh, sorry. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say he he was covering up to because he was a celebrity, but he seemed to get noticed everywhere he went. Everywhere he went. Yeah. I mean, when you're the only person dressed like that, yes. Yeah. But I mean, also, yeah. like, notice like the said. similarities between what he wore. If you put that in red. He could have been straight out of the yeah. uh, mantle oh, gynecologist true enough. surgery. True hey, who's the demon monk over here? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Vigo! And at times he was kind of like a ninja. I mean, he watched the whole ear guy performance <laughs> in the dark with his mask on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> until somebody Quietly. was like, hey, Vigo, what are I you know doing you. here? <laughs> that was a cool fucking scene, huh? I like yeah. the, the ear guy. Kind of felt like it did feel like he was a Vigo was a messiah. Yeah, the ear guy was awesome, dude. I, See, I thought that was really great special effects. Yeah, maybe Messiah, but maybe more just like super celebrity, like art god. Yeah, but he's you know? like the one that can grow the, you know, he's the one that's changing naturally. Like also he can eat true. The, plastic, uh, the plastic candy bar when other people yeah. could. So he's the next phase, like the child that got killed. Candy bar actually looked delicious. Hey, it's Willy, it looked like it I, came I, right I, out of Willy Wonka's. Yeah. Um, and another hey, who question. hasn't eaten a little bit of plastic at some point? <laughs> we all did. Brian had a they, they couldn't feel pain, but could they experience grief? Oh, he I, he looked like he was experiencing. Uh, yeah, but then you get. Uh, well, he was actually experiencing pain, though. And that's, well, that they were very open sexually, for sure. You get the mother that killed her son in the beginning. She cried for about yeah. a minute and then stopped and seemed to oh, get over yeah. it oh, yeah. and then was she when she was doing the right thing right and then uh what is her name uh is it clea sado or leah sado right Leah Sado. yeah yeah Please. the whole idea of doing an autopsy on this kid seemed to bother her for two minutes. seconds yeah. yeah and then she got over it so can they not yeah. experience grief anymore true some of that may be pacing i don't know that's no, no i mean that probably you got a point. I mean, if you're yeah. going to kill all physical pain, doesn't that mm. just yeah? Because you notice how detached. And again, it's such a theme in Cronenberg's work. There's a detachment yeah. of that yeah. emotion there. Yeah, there you go. Detachment. Well. Even yeah. with Scott Speedman coming to find out, you know, mm. his son's dead. He, you know, he just kind of put his hand on his chest and was like, "Oh, I know." I'll have someone do a performance piece using your corpse. You know, it just everybody just seemed to get over everything like super quickly. So mm. I just well, kind of wondered if that came. Right? I, that's what I was wondering. Mm. Yeah. 
down. Was the deep performance movie. piece? <laughs> yeah, well, I think with the performance piece, it basically was <laughs> like he, even though his son is no longer alive, it's basically right. he's going to use his son and do this live artistic autopsy scene to kind of show the world this is the next stage oh yes evolution. absolutely then, yeah that was his whole master plan, when he, right? yeah and so the world could see it and people see like right. this is where we go to next and, and there were humans. there were deniers there were deniers right mm, as there yeah. are right now like am I, am I right yeah like those uh yeah exactly like those uh the two women who always come around and get turned on by fixing <laughs> Saul's machine because <laughs> they like, were they've great. never seen it before and <laughs> they, they, were great. they were great and they were just like we're just gonna get naked and just sit in this machine for no apparent reason yeah that was cool though that was a beautiful that's a beautiful scene because it was man. a sex thing yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I really did. It kind of turned me on, to be the, honest with you. The, the sex artist's toothbrush. No, paintbrush. Paintbrush. <laughs> paintbrush. Yep. Paintbrush. All right, uh, Lance. I fucking adored this movie, man. This yeah. is the top top ten for sure. Yeah, favorite Cronenberg film since The Fly, easily. I just I, I thought the world building was phenomenal. I think we've already talked about most of everything. I can't really think of anything new to to add. You know, we've kind of gone more round robin than we normally do, which is cool. It's well, a nice a nice change. Had to just be a roundtable discussion kind of thing because it's such a yeah. fucking weird movie. Mm. Yeah. It, at the bottom line, I think that what he's ma- mainly trying to say is that we're killing ourselves, we're destroying ourselves, we're polluting our our, our world, we're turning everything into plastic. If we don't adapt to this trash and this garbage and this, mm. it's not even necessarily trash and garbage. It's just different. It's 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 mm. man-made. It's like it's fake. It's not what you know. If you believe in God, what God put on this earth, like you know, trees and plants and water, it's like we're changing the world into mm. something new. Now, are we going to adapt to mm. this something new that we, as these stupid idiots, have changed mm. it to? Or are we going to all mm. just die off? And mm. wait for the next species to take over. I, I think almost feel like I, I almost feel like it's kind of optimistic in the way that, um, or, or kind of positive because, um, like as we know, like people are constantly going to change, and the world around us is changing. Right? Yep. And this is something that Not like has embraced, a bad thing, right? Yeah, it embraces like all these changes. Like people modifying themselves is seen as wonderful and beautiful, whereas you look at that now and people are so against other people living their lives the way they want. It's like, well, fuck off, A, mm-hmm. and B, fuck off. Um, but it's also, it really does speak about, like, uh, that evolutionary, like, um, kind of embracing the change that we need to make. And that's kind of really encapsulated in the soul character, especially at the end where he is, like, taking on this new um way of living again um but i'll shut up again (laughs) (laughs) oh this is great yeah we got a lot of talk going on for this one Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah Yeah, i I got a lot out of it i really did i think i need to watch it again Mm -hmm. there's a lot there yeah but um Mm -hmm. especially after discussion i'm I'm gonna say I, i definitely really like this movie uh, because it gives you so much to talk about, and it's mm. so fucking different than anything I've ever seen in my life. 
You know, it's it, David Cronenberg is good at that. And there were right. parts of it that were very uncomfortable and there were parts of it that were very sleazy. There were parts of it that were oh, yeah. fucking genius. You know, it was there's just so much to go on. And uh, yeah, I think it, I think it deserves another watch. I'm still slightly confused. And it, right. I, it says a lot of things. Too. <laughs> I think that's part of the point, too. Yeah. Don't you, Brian? Yeah, I got a couple of little extra little trivia here. Mm. Which is appropriate to bring up, but uh, Nicolas Cage was attached to play Saul. Oh originally. my god! Could you imagine? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> they, he's been trying to make this movie since 2003. Wow! And after Nick Cage, uh, Ray Fiennes was uh, also attached. Okay. So that had to bring up. I had to bring up Nick Cage. Sorry. That, that is a pairing. Yeah, well, like I would love to see. Yeah. Is Cronenberg uh, and Nicolas Cage? Dude, Nick Cage could have pulled this role off. Yeah, Nick but Cage like, is oh. the new sex. I really, I really. Can I really we get Martinson. I think he should be nominated for best no, actor. He's he's pretty fucking amazing, and he did great um, in this. I think we need Nick Cage in a remake re, a remake of uh, Dead Ringers. Oh boy! Oh wow! <laughs> Nick Cage and Nick Cage. We already know that he could do that because you look at um, adaptation. <laughs> Wow, he did play. That's also, um, and like face off, he kind of played two different. Yeah. Well, <laughs> also, let's faces off. Let's let's also not forget uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent because there's two Nicholas Cages in that movie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Certain scenes. We're going down that rabbit hole, are we? <laughs> I can oh, just imagine. I'd, like, I'd watch that cage. movie in a second, and it better be batshit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sort of laughing to myself now. I can imagine Nick Cage just being in this film, being like, "All right, you've got to do all the work. You got to take all this body parts out of me. <laughs> <laughs> don't mind that. Don't mind that spleen. It's got the hair from Con Air on top of its head." Oh my god! <laughs> He'd be like, "I've grown my tenth penis." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and who, uh, who could play the better Nick- fucking Messiah Art King? Than Nick no. Cage. Yeah. That's also, like what he was born for. This also, organ else, inside of my body is another Nicholas Cage. <laughs> also, Leah Sado was supposed to play the Kristen Stewart part because originally Natalie Portman was going to play mm. her part. Oh, wow. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I read that too. And uh, she mm. couldn't at the last minute due to uh, COVID. So yes. I think it was like oh, wow. COVID restrictions or she wasn't able to fly mm. out for the shoot. So. Because okay. mm. they filmed this in Greece, not Toronto yes. or Canada. That's different for Cronenberg, mm. right? Mm. You guys yeah. ready to wrap up with scores? <laughs> yeah, and I'll definitely agree, though, that Kristen Stewart did pretty badass. She was fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't Very mind cool. if she got an Oscar nomination, too. I, but. I never thought she was a horrible actress. I think she just got stuck with a bad Stuck with a bad mm. Kind of like Batman, huh? Mm. Uh, I think they've since then have pro- both proven themselves. Both, yeah, isn't yeah. that crazy how they both yeah. gone on to do so many great roles? Yeah. They got their, they got their, as Jay and Silent Bob would say, their movie check up first. <laughs> <laughs> and they've both worked with David Cronenberg. Get that motherfucking no movie check. Cosmopolis uh, Star Wars. That's right. That's right. That was Cronenberg. Fucking A. That movie bored the Most, shit out of me. Oh, just Batman riding around in a limousine. <laughs> I fucking loved it. It's so philosophical. Uh, all right, I'll, I will rewatch that. Mm. 
So I think Pat's our Pat's was also in uh, the follow-up map, maps the Zars, maps which the is a very Zars. underrated. Uh, now that yeah, one that's actually movie. one of the rare Cronenberg films I haven't seen, and I actually really want to get. I haven't seen it either. Wait, hold on, mm. which one was that, guys? The maps one I was talking stars. about uh, earlier, Lance. Mm. Maps to the Stars. Oh, Maps to the Yeah, I've never yeah. seen that one. Never seen it. I have to watch it. What's a good one? It's a great dark comedic satire on Hollywood. Okay. And I to this day still reckon Julia Julianne Moore should have got an Oscar nomination for that movie. She's amazing in it. Does he cut up like hookers or anything? Ah, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of weird stuff <laughs> in it. I mean, the, and John Cusack is just being all weird and creep, being all weird in it as well. So <laughs> this is this is this is his outlet for his serial killer inclinations. <laughs> it's just like how we podcast um, instead yeah. of actually serial killing people. So <laughs> why do you think I have so many podcasts? I got to there you go. Need to go away. Right? Gotta gotta hide your victims somewhere. Every time some dumb motherfucker cuts you off, it's like. Uh-oh. You know, I'll just do a podcast instead of stabbing your ass in the head. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mm. Scores. Marcy? Uh, yeah. Once again, um, eight out of ten. But I'll give it eight out of ten um, weird fucking organs that you grow that don't really have a purpose and they get taken out. So. Um, I do really want to watch it again and be in the right headspace uh, for it, and I think I'll probably get a lot more out of it as well. Um, but, yeah, it's a very – it's kind of an interesting amalgamation of um, Cronenberg's career because you do get a lot of little bits from his other films, like the connection with Dead Ringers. You've got connections with, like, existence because the visuals um, – it's very similar in ways and that um, very, like, um, detached and weird eroticism that you have in Crash. Like, there's so many little bits and pieces. And the fact that he called this Crimes of the Future when he made a short film, I think, in, like, 1970 called Crimes of the Future, but it's not. This isn't a remake of that. Um, oh, wow. It, it's a, it's completely different i think it still sort of has a bit of like a medical thing i haven't seen it for maybe 12 years or so something ridiculous but that was also cronenberg yeah so it's almost like he just took the title of like one of his very early works and sort of amalgamated so many things into this film but um yeah it's certainly not going to be for everybody but um if you're kind of weird like us you'll definitely get something out of it so eight out of (laughs) ten Yeah, I'm looking it up here. Uh, this it says it only shares the title because uh, mm. the story and com- concept are unrelated. Mm. Yeah. I think uh, the original title, like when he was working on this back in 2003 with Nicolas Cage, was actually Painkillers. I think mm-hmm. that was the original. Oh wow! Title, which okay. I guess would be a much more appropriate title. Yeah, that makes more sense. But I think, but I guess um, Crimes of the Future as a title can mean a lot of things could it be the crimes of like you know what we do to our world through pollution and climate change could that be like mm-hmm. what the things that we do now with body modification uh put growing organs are those kind of like the post crimes of what we did mm, to our yeah. planet uh, mm. crimes in the future so I, crimes of humanity mm. yeah exactly it could yeah. be a lot of things 
Mm. Like you, there's a lot of things you could read into that title when you sort of mm. think about this film. Hundred percent, yeah. Uh, B, Thor. Yeah, I, I'm actually going to give this a nine out of ten. I really wow. enjoyed wow. this film a lot. Uh, I think it's um, it's a it's definitely got great world world building, a lot of interesting and thought provoking themes. And the performances are all great. And, of course, in quintessential Cronenberg style, he still knows how to kind of unsettle you as a viewer with some of the weird imagery and how far he goes with his story. And not just in this discussion, but even just now a few days after watching this film, there's a lot of interesting things within it thematically that I think I'm going to – that make me appreciate it as a film even more so now than I did a few days ago. But also, like, next time I watch it, I'm probably going to get even more out of it. So, yeah, it's definitely uh, a (laughs) top-tier Cronenberg film for me. So, uh, yeah, 9 out of 10. All right. Brian, what do you think? Originally, my score was a little bit lower than what I'm going to give it, but now kind of listening to everybody – talk more about the movie it kind of made me understand it a little bit better and i've been kind of thinking back towards it and it makes a whole lot more sense and on top of that i thought the performance was great especially Kristen stewart which i I kind of wanted to see more of that character she was kind of a more of a minor character compared to everybody yeah didn't get enough screen time and we didn't really talk about the body horror that much but i think this is a return to form for oh yeah you know what i mean no, who does body horror better than David Cronenberg? Oh, and yeah. Uncomfortable shit. And it's kind of what I, I wanted more in Dead Ringers. I I got it in abundance in this one. So mm. I'm going to give this one uh, definitely going to rewatch it. Uh, so I'm going to give it a seven. Nice. Mm. Nice. Uh, see, I, I'm going to I'm going to save Lance you for last because I'm I'm very curious. <laughs> you could be anywhere on the map on this one. Um, but yeah, I, I wasn't really sure what I thought about this. Okay. And it's because it's one of those movies where you, mm-hmm. like crimes of the future. I'm like, all right, let's go watch minority report. Yeah, uh, exactly. that's, <laughs> that's not what this was. I was not expecting what I got. Uh, even though I knew it was David Cronenberg, actually, I didn't I, I didn't catch that until I started watching it. Uh, like I clicked on Crimes of the Future and started watching it and then some really weird shit started happening. And I was like, directed. <laughs> oh, what in the David Cronenberg? I watched. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's it was just so weird. It's hard to come up with a real opinion on it right off the bat. And uh, after after, yeah, talking about it, I really want to watch it again. And uh, I'm, I'm going to go nine on it, too, man. I think this what this movie had a nine. whole lot to say in so many different things mm. without shit. just blasting you in the fucking face with it. It, it was. It had a lot of nuance to it. Wh- while showing you guts and stuff. You know, it's a crazy fucking movie. It's definitely the polar. Yeah, like it's definitely in terms of how it explores its themes. uh, Definitely the polar opposite of something like, say, the Black Christmas remake. Let's just say that. God damn it. (laughs) This is is not here right now, so I have to bring it up. So (laughs) there you go. Yeah, this is gone. 
while he can't defend himself. Which can't is, escape. I don't that know movie. what he's trying to defend. Let's. <laughs> uh, what did you think? My favorite Cronenberg movie since The Fly. Uh, eight and a half. I, I was I was teetering between eight and uh, that's fucking and amazing half. for you. Yeah, I was teetering between eight and eight and a half, but you guys have all talked me into raising it up. But Philip, dude, I'm fucking astonished that you gave it a nine, dude. That's amazing. Yeah, like I probably wasn't when we first came on the show. It was just man, it was like if I had to describe this movie, if somebody uh, you know casually asked me, "Oh, I had Crimes of the Future. Yeah. Did, you, did you see that? What do you think about it?" My answer would be fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. That's I was my just uh, review. <laughs> yeah, I was very surprised. I I I did kind of enjoy the trailer a little bit, but. Then I was a little bit worried, Brian, about the older Cronenberg movies that I hate so much. Mm-hmm. And I was worried he was going back to that cheesy B-grade stuff. But this this proved itself. It's going to end up in a lot of top tens this year for sure. So is that it? Uh-oh. I think conversation. <laughs> All right. Well, this uh, movie could be, our, uh, could be our Mandy for this year. Oh yeah. wow! Uh, that rewatch exactly has to be on mushrooms is. then. Yeah. Oh, we should definitely <laughs> do that. <laughs> All right, Mar- Marcy and Bead, thanks again. There yet? <laughs> <laughs> thanks again, Marcy and Bead. My computer's about to shit on me, so before it does, tell everybody where we can find you. Yes, thank you so much for having us on to discuss these two films. And yeah, you can find the Super Network at supermarcy.com which is s-u-p-e-r-m-a-r-c-e-y you can find all of our podcasts and everything you need to know there including all of our socials and our podcast feeds everything it's your one-stop shop for all things the super network all right and as as always we want to thank you guys for listening to another episode of the horror returns uh we always love to hear your feedback and ideas you can reach us at thehorrorreturns at gmail.com or www.thehorrorreturns.com. And uh, we're putting some re-uploads on. I'm working on one right now, Brian, that's, uh, I think, our best films of 2017. And one thing I noticed is we used to get a lot more listener feedback on our top 10 and our top and bottom 10 shows. So um, this year I'm very, very hopeful that we can get more interaction from people that are listening because we know there's more of you out there now. So please... As we get closer to the end of the year, send us your top and bottom ten of the year. Mm-hmm. You guys will both do that for us, right? Sure. Well, yeah, I'll do some research in it before I decide mine. <laughs> My shit's always last minute. That's all right. Beat and Marcy, you guys are going to give us a top ten list? I mean, I barely see any new releases, so probably not. All right, we'll go with five. I, I, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it for me. So. All right. No, Bede will give it to you in about like five years from now when he's completely <laughs> yeah, watched exactly. everything possible. Well, I promise my top ten list from last year will finally be released very soon. So <laughs> it's going to happen. That's very I'm late even it. for you. All right. Well, next, well, next I week. I have been busy. <laughs> Sorry. Next, next week, for some reason, um, <laughs> we're going to. We're going to salute the the films of Full Moon Features. What led to this, Brian? I don't know. Coincidence? Okay, well, <laughs> whatever it was, it's going to be Puppet Master and Doll Man. So, uh, <laughs> Philip, until the horror returns again. 
Good night.